Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ah, good evening, everyone, as we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And it's all brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Aaron Torres, Artie Spanier. Great sports talk Saturday night. How you doing tonight, Torres? I'm doing fantastic, Arnie. Uh, buffet. How you feeling? You a little? You a little? No, you need no, a- no. Not even close. I'm not even close to being full. What are you? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? Are you? We got maybe me? the game of the year today. I Coastal Carolina. Walk into the kitchen. Are right you know now what? And get you know what? To eat. What's no, wrong with you? Positive vibes only. Go sit out this show. Arizona lost again. They're done. I'll take over the show from here. We're going to lead with Coastal Carolina, the Can game I, of the season. No, you're wanna, fired. You're I, fired. You can't come on here and tell me that college football stinks every single week, Artie. You know, you're let fired. Me, let me reintroduce my co-host, the man who we say is the sports talk radio host where he'll drop the ball at the one-yard line. It's Aaron Torres. Yeah. That, see, that's like, like that fun. One? I mean, well, <laughs> at least I enjoy the games I'm watching, not like you, that you want to you, you know you so sit funny? at home and watch tennis all What do you What do you want to do? What do you we want? Really, we didn't even write, you know, I, I write out a few topics. Obviously, we just really talk about the games because we do the college football wrap-up show. And it's funny you said that because I was actually thinking to myself, 
boy, what, what, as the games are going on at night, I go, this is not even a close game. What a bummer year. The Oregon game was close. But I'm, I'm like, well, kind of like a bummer day. I was hoping for, you know, a bunch of upsets. The, the, yeah, the, the, the Carolina-BYU, uh, Coastal Carolina-BYU game was good, but like, you can't hang your hat on that. Why not? That, that can't be the, the best. If that's it was the best two game, undefeated teams in December. What do you mean you can't hang your hat on that? If, if you're that's so the, fired. I, you, if you're that's so lucky the best the game of the day, then, then it was a long day. That's all I could That was maybe if, the game of the year, Arnie. That, that's like me setting up on a, a blind date and saying the best part of her is her feet. No, 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 well, no, no, no. Don't tell I Rex need Ryan more than that. that. Don't tell Rex that. Ryan that, okay? First of all. <laughs> that's, that's true. That yeah, true. We're, we're, it's, like a little, it's a little too early to start making Rex Ryan jokes. Uh, listen, <laughs> first of all, first of all, what I would say, Coastal, it doesn't matter. These weren't 0-10 teams. These these are two undefeated top twenty team like like this is what pisses me off about you Arnie is well I mean a lot of things piss me off yes, but of in course. in this specific case yeah if uh, let's say Florida Georgia came down to the final play yeah you would always lead the show the game of the year of course there are two top twenty undefeated teams I don't know what you want Arnie. Well, for, okay, first, I want to say this. For, as we start with that, you want to be part of the show, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Obviously, it's going to be a busy show, and we have so much to get to. And we'll go ahead and we'll start with that. I do want to go ahead and congratulate both teams for, for taking up the game. I mean, four or five days ago, they weren't even going to play. Next thing you know, Central Carolina and BYU um, they're set to play. BYU travels like 2,000 miles, and, and, and they get the game. I said Central, I meant Coastal Carolina. I'm so sorry. So I, I don't want to keep making that mistake. But um, congratulations to both teams for at least taking the game and, you know, saying, you know what, it doesn't make a difference. We'll, we'll man up on short notice, and we'll do it. Matter of fact, I would love if we did that every year, like at the beginning of the year, if some teams would leave, like, slots open, and we get to decide – you know, who gets to get matched up or last-minute matchups. I'm starting to like this, to be honest. It's kind of like, you know, uh, NCAA March Madness, last-second matchups here. I'm, I'm kind of – I can get used to games uh, that we're picking matchups three or four days ahead of time, you know? Well, I'll tell you this, is that college basketball started doing this the last couple of years in some of these smaller conferences that want to get more than one team into the tournament. Right. Is they leave basically the last two weeks of the regular season open, and then they try to schedule matchups that will help their teams get into the tournament. So you might have the number one team play the number two team in a conference two or three times. So I don't know how you would do it in football where there's kind of multiple conferences and you don't really know who's going to be good and right, all that kind right. of stuff. But I'm with you. I, I First of all, you're right. Let's give BYU and Coastal Carolina credit putting together this game on two days' notice. Obviously, the team that loses is going to lose out on a good bowl bid, and obviously any conversation about the playoff, which I don't think either of them was in anyway. But for them to do this is awesome. And I'm not against it, by the way. I'm not against what you're saying is these smaller schools trying to figure out a way to set up big games late in the season because I thought it was great for college football. And I will say this, Arnie, to your point. If this game had not happened today, this today would have been a dud. I still think to, okay. that game made today, but I do think the point is fair is if these two random undefeated teams didn't have a schedule opening, it would have made for a different day. I, well, then before we even get into the game specifically, I, you're not allowed to enjoy the game. 
You're not. No, no. You see, you, you, now you're being a hypocrite. Okay. You're not. Yeah, but you're not allowed to enjoy it. You're not allowed to come on here and tell me how much you loved it. Or it was two top twenty teams. I'm not going to let you do it because okay. you because you won't let one of these teams inside your precious little fourteen bubble. They can't win it. They'll lose by fifty to Alabama. They'll lose by sixty to Ohio State. Seventy to Notre Dame. No, you don't want them in, so you don't get to enjoy these teams and say how great it was that two top 20 teams battled because you won't let them in your precious four-team bubble. You expand that bubble, I'll say, okay, now we got a winner. Let's get Coastal Carolina in that eight-team bubble. Eight plays one, Coastal Carolina against Alabama, and so be it, but you won't allow it. Well, first of all, you just said a minute ago that the ga- the day was so boring. By the way, Alabama's up by f- 38 points or something okay. to that effect. So you know, I mean, but that's not up for you to decide who gets to beat who. By you, it's not the Aaron Torres. I get to decide who wins the game. We get to play it on the football field. Well, that's a fair conversation. That's a different conversation. I mean, first of all, how can you tell me two minutes ago that you don't care enough about Coastal Carolina to that you thought that it was even an interesting oh. game, and now you're tr- trying to push them in the playoff? That doesn't no, make no. sense. Well, that's no, hypocritical. It, it, no, you're it, a hypocrite. It, it, no, uh, you're being the hypocrite. Right, first of all, Aaron underscore Torres, I'm in Stinking Genius 1. I, I want more teams in. I, I want to go ahead and expand it to eight. Now, if you're going to – look, I enjoyed the game just like everybody else. I thought that was fantastic where he got tackled on the uh, – one-yard line, um, you know, good good uh, mounting last-minute comeback by BYU. They just fell short. So I, I, I enjoyed the whole game about that. Th- th- that's not the point when you, like you said, you have two top, top 20 teams. And, again, they're not exactly blue bloods when you're talking about Coastal Carolina. I mean, BYU is a, a somewhat of a, a, obviously, a big name. But that's the way you get to do it. You have two top 20 teams, and the winner gets to move on, survive in advance, and or, and get into the 18 bubble. That That's what this is all about, competition, and you're taking that away from so, me. You're, let you're, me just you're blocking you that off, Aaron. Go ahead. So there's plenty of years where there is no small school that's undefeated at this point in the year. Are you proposing that just because it's such a truncated, weird, bizarre season that we go to eight this year, or are you saying permanently? Uh, both. Yes, I, I think now's a good chance to try it out, just like the Major League Baseball added um, a, an extra team for, for the pro postseason. We loved it. We're like, oh, this is fantastic. Now we got games all day. We, we're doing the same thing in the NFL where we're adding one team. Um, why not go ahead and do it? Why not do it to college football and add it now? Let's see how it comes out. I mean, it's obviously easy to do. We're adding games at the last minute, but we're adding games from Thursday to Saturday. If if we could do that, we certainly can go from four to eight before it's all said and done, can't we? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of coming around to it only because this is such a weird year and there's so few teams. The only thing that I will not concede, Arnie, yeah, I will not concede it. That you thought it was a great football day. No, I will oh. not concede that the Pac-12 deserves an automatic bid if they don't have a team that finishes undefeated. You can't play a six-game season, and if you can't get an undefeated team, you get an automatic bid. That's my only rule. I will allow it for this year. If you give me Coastal Carolina, you give me Cincinnati, you give me uh, a couple other buys, whatever, or not buys, uh, at-large teams, I will not accept 
a lousy Pac-12 team. Now, if USC finishes 5-0, 6-0, it's a different conversation even if they stink. If Colorado, which is now 4-0, finishes undefeated, it's a different conversation. But you can't tell me that every every Power 5 team deser- or every Power 5 league deserves an automatic I, bid when some of these leagues are terrible. I, I'm just curious. Round one of the playoffs. I'm just curious. Alabama, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Alabama, the home team, what's the final score? I'm just curious. What do you think the final score would be? Here's the thing. Uh, would Alabama get able to run whatever they want, uh, yes. a pick and choose, and, and Nick Saban uh, you know, eases up a little bit? I think Nick Saban would go easy on on uh, Coastal Carolina. I mean, here here are the scores of so Alabama. It's like, so it's like 45-3 to three at halftime, and they win like 52-6 to six or something like that. I mean, they're, it's 52-17 against LSU. They won 42-13 yeah. to 13 last week, and the only touchdown Auburn scored was late, late, late in the game. Right, right. Uh, Kentucky, they won by 60 the week before. They won by 41 the week before. So I love Coastal Carolina. Good story, but it's not close. But at least don't they deserve that chance? Don't don't they deserve? I told you this chance? year. I'm giving yeah. it. I'm making the yeah. exception for this year. You just can't force. But you, the don't, Pac-12. But you don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. Well, hey, hey just because the Pac-12 is having a bad year this year, um, doesn't mean it's going to be like that every year. Just because it's one that's like the NFC East, you can't say we can't take one team from them. You got to take the good with the bad. No, you right? Don't. No, you don't. We're taking we're, the NFC East, if we're, we? if we're making up the rules as we go, then my <laughs> rule is because, by the way, we all know taking the NFC East champ is stupid, or at least giving them a home playoff game is stupid. Uh, I just, you know, listen, if we're going to start making well, they up won't ru- get a home, um they won't get a home game. I thought we decided that they did. Are they not getting a home game now? Oh, are you talking about the college? They're talking about the college team. No, I'm talking about if the uh, NFC East will be the number four seed. So uh, one will get the bye, two will play seven, three will play six, four will play five. Yes, they will get a home game. First game would be home. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. Because yes. remember, there was some confusion if the eighth yes. team gets added, yes. and I, yes, I yes, said yes. something, DeSager had to correct me, and I was all yeah. embarrassed. Well, I never believed DeSager, so that's why I always get confused. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just <laughs> amazed you, you 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 didn't give him the night off just like I, me. But anyway, first of all. I was going to say, no, I was gonna say that there wasn't a – other than the Coastal Carolina-BYU game – the Alabama game was a blowout. Clemson was a, actually a good game for the first half. I was watching part of that. That became a blowout. So, Notre Dame was actually a good game against Syracuse for the first you know, uh, quarter plus, but that was a blowout. Ohio State, A&M came back and rallied in the fourth, so that was the one good game. But otherwise, you couldn't give me a really good, close game well, that I can enjoy. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That, to me, is a bigger problem for college football than bringing in eight teams, is that teams in these conferences aren't even compa- – I mean, the SEC, we're talking about – they ha- Alabama's closest game was like 15 points. I mean, that's embarrassing for that league. Ohio, why, though? Ohio, why, why, how about you, Ohio State going on the road down 23 players and putting up 52 points? That's embarrassing for the Big Ten. But but why is it that you have four, five, let's say six teams um, that could play or good enough to win and everybody else, even in the top 20, not even good enough to compete when you have all these great high school kids in Florida, California, Pennsylvania, all over the place, and you can't get it. What do they all just go to five, six schools, and the rest of them are no good? I don't understand this. Well, they do, those schools do recruit at an incredible level. But I agree with you. LSU doesn't well, more recruit, than a couple of hundred kids out there that uh, can play. LSU doesn't recruit so poorly that they should be down whatever yes. they are now, fifty-two to whatever we uh, fifty-two to seventeen <laughs> uh, in the fourth quarter at home with fans in the stands. I would add. 
Uh, Ohio State doesn't recruit that much better than Michigan State that they should have put up 52 points with basically a backup. I don't know if you even saw that game, Arnie. Ohio State couldn't even snap the ball, and they put up 52 points. It was incredible. So that, to me, is a bigger problem for college football. We need some teams in the ACC and the Big Ten and the, the SEC to be more competitive. No, we do. And like I said, I'm, I'm surprised that there's that, that big of a gap um, between teams like 10 through 20 as there is 1 through 10. It's amazing with all the uh, great high school or high school players out there. Uh, you want to jump in, of course, uh, uh, real simple, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. Uh, Sean says, all right, that concludes tonight's coverage of this Fugazi college football season. Wow. So people are kind of like me, not all uh, warm and excited um, about today's games and you know, didn't uh, didn't think that uh, Carolina, the Coastal Carolina BYU game was enough for them. They're allowed to their opinion. I just vehemently disagree with it. So, yeah. Uh, MGM John says eight playoff teams, five conference winners. You know, you get three at large. That's the way I want to do it. I think that that would. You just want to be... give everybody a participation. No, Pac-12, stop it! Stop Pac-12 it! Pac-12 doesn't please? even start the season till November. They can't. If, I will see with the Pac-12, but I mean, if they can't get an undefeated team not starting until November, uh, you know, uh, that's just bad news. So. All right. Again, you want to get in Aaron underscore Torres. I'm a stinking genius one. When we get back, this one thing just drives me absolutely crazy. And it was done again. We'll get to that. Is Texas looking for a new coach? Let's go through some of the top 25 games today. All that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. This segment brought to you by Geico. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You want to be part of the show real simple. Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Uh, real quick, Aaron, Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, put this out three minutes ago. At least it was three minutes ago. Uh, Oklahoma assistant Shane Beamer, son of Virginia Tech legend Frank Beamer, expected to become the next head coach at South Carolina, according to sources. The 43-year-old Beamer was a former Gamescocks assistant, very popular with former players. That is put Bruce Feldman put that out. And – I made the mistake of texting Plank immediately, <laughs> and Oklahoma's playing right now. But oh no, I can't bother him. He he's working right now, well, but I don't think he works during the game. We'll see. I just want to know if this guy accepted the job during the game, like from the press box. Did he say, uh, "Hey, you guys, call plays here. I got something I got to take care of real quick." Interesting, you say that, and of course, I, I'm not tied into Oklahoma. Plank's the Oklahoma guy. There's reports that he wasn't on the sideline for today's game. Ooh, ooh. So you better make you know, sure I, you got that job before you just take the day off on oh, game day. <laughs> you better make sure that that yeah. ink is dry on that contract before yeah, you do I'm, that. Uh, I'm getting the feel that that's a pretty much a done deal when you're when you're not. At least that's the way I saw it on Twitter. So we'll have to double check. But but Twitter never makes a mistake. So well, Bruce um, Feldman never makes a mistake. He's really 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 good. Uh, but yeah, for, I, I did not see that he was not on the sideline, but, and I get it. I understand how this works. The agent is negotiating yes, with the school course. and yeah. whatever, but uh, it is kind of crazy that they were literally still in the game when the count, when the, uh, quote unquote news broke. So interesting. I would say, you know, I'm curious the reaction from South Carolina fans. I know he was an assistant coach there, but when you got coastal Carolina, getting one of the biggest wins of the season. I know you kind of poo-pooed it earlier on in the show, Arnie. You got a guy right down the road that just won a signature game. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a tough sell, but we'll see what South Carolina fans say in the coming days. All right, what about Texas? Uh, uh, Tom Herman, uh, you know, people are questioning whether if he's going to be around for another year. You hear Urban Meyer's name being floated around out there. I got a feeling Texas is going to go ahead and move on from Tom Herman. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out, that Texas has not been relevant for a while, and he's not gotten it done, um, nor has Texas gotten it done, it seems like, what, the last six, seven years. Well, he's not the guy. I will give you that, and he is not getting the job done. Um, the thing is, though, here's my question, Arnie. We talk about this all the time. We talk about it with Pete Futek. We've talked about it with Bernie Fratto as it, as it pertains to Michigan, where he's really plugged in. If the guy that you really want and your fan base really wants isn't interested, sometimes you got to be careful going down that road. Now, if you could get Urban Meyer, you you uh, uh, you, you you whatever, you, I would fire Tom Herman right now this second. But if you can't get Urban Meyer. And who's next in line? Maybe Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Does he leave for another job in the conference where he's going to have to face his old team every year? I saw you praising Indiana's coach. Woo. 
Yeah, he's um, like he's he's older than you are. I think I don't think he's going anywhere. <laughs> no, he. Um, first of all, no, I mean Indiana is a great story. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but uh, he uh, they are six and one, and they won with their backup quarterback today at Wisconsin. So I think he's a great coach. I, you know, he is. I'm looking right now. He's fifty. He's just he's only fifty. Oldest looking fifty year old I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, um, I you know, but. Is Indiana's coach with one good season where you didn't beat Ohio State, is that really going to move the needle at Texas? So I'm not saying Tom Herman's the answer, but if you can't get Urban Meyer, are you sure this is a move that you want to make at this particular moment? Uh, Aaron underscore Torres, I'm at stinking genius one. Uh, if you want to go ahead and jump on in, there's going to be some interesting moves um, in the offseason. What is going to happen to Jim Harbaugh? Rob Parker, I guess, put out that, that his sources say that the, um, Harbaugh is going to sign an extension. I find that real hard to believe that Michigan's going to give him an extension unless, you know, everybody's saying, who are you going to get that's better? And they're just going to go through another couple more years of this. Yeah, it's really interesting. I saw Rob's tweet, and Rob, for people who don't, I mean, everybody knows he's Fox Sports Radio icon Rob Parker here. Um, he worked in Detroit forever. And so, and, and Rob, you know, I love Rob, and he's not a newsbreaker. And so I don't think he would put that out right. unless he was very confident that it was going to be true. And, and, Arnie, it does go back to what we were talking about a minute ago with Tom Herman is if you fire Jim Harbaugh and you don't have a plan in place and you know who you can get to replace him, you put yourself in a precarious situation. So what I would be curious of, if Rob's report is correct, and I do trust Rob, is it a short-term extension? I can't imagine you're giving him five more years, maybe another year or two. Um, but the program's going in the wrong direction. I don't think we would argue that. Uh, I thought that was very interesting by Rob, though. I will say that. Aaron, real quick, I, I got to correct myself. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, Josh sent this in. Okay. So he said Beamer was a contact trace subtraction this week from the Oklahoma staff. That's why he wasn't on the sideline. Doesn't mean that's the, doesn't mean that he's not getting the job. I mean that was still the the uh, tweet was still put out by Bruce Feldman, but I I just saw that he wasn't on the sideline. I didn't know. Um, wow. I mean, look, I. I I don't know how many assistant coaches are at the game, not at the game. I'm sorry, I can't keep Come track on. On, on that, all that. I just saw that he wasn't at the game and that he was going to be uh, perhaps the new coach in South Carolina, according to Bruce Feldman. So I put two and two together. But I guess he was not at the game as he was contact tracing um, and had to go ahead and quarantine himself there. So. Wow. There's a reason Brian No calls you Chef Boy Arnie. You're always <laughs> stirring stuff up. You got all of Oklahoma mad at us. No, no, no. Nah, Bruce Feldman still, still put that out. That's still... Um, his report, and I totally believe, like you said, he he doesn't brazenly just put something out going, hey, I'm thinking this. Um, you know, obviously there's the good connection there and, and the good tie-in there, you know? Absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it'll be interesting just in general where we, we've kind of heard this narrative that, that there weren't going to be a lot of coaching moves this offseason, but obviously we just referenced two big ones that could open, that might not open. But, I mean, if Texas and Michigan both open, those are about two as big two jobs that are as big as anybody in the sport. Uh, it's going to be a fun couple weeks to kind of see how all this stuff shakes out. I got to ask you, what did you think about the young man who dropped the football hmm. uh, at the, what was it, the one-yard line? Is that yep. what it was from uh, LSU? And – I'm like, oh, my God. First of all, why? How many times have we seen that, Aaron? Too many. I mean, why? What is the infatuation of carrying a, what is it, a one-pound football, two-pound football, an extra yard? Yes. I, I, is this the way of, like, showing off? Is this the, um, you know, talking smack in basketball? I, I, I don't understand it. And how did the referees miss that? And 
Did I understand this right? That what was it? ABC that was carrying the game. CBS, yeah. CBS. The the ball laid on the ground and the referees didn't blow the the play dead and they recovered it in the end zone. Is that the way it all worked out or what? That was the excuse that the broadcast made, which was, well, somebody recovered it, and but you know if you go by the letter of the law, the letter of the rule, it's a quote unquote immediate recovery. That was certainly not an immediate recovery. I think the the replay booth just missed it. And I'll tell you, like, to me, it's kind of annoying because we replay literally everything. We we do so many replays in these games, and there is an egregious, blatant call that they had time to replay on the broadcast. Like, you got to get it right. Like, I know it's not that big of a deal. Alabama's up by, what, 38 points right now? But, like, if we're going to do replay on everything else, let's get that one right, you know? It's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing that you could miss that. And what do you do? What do you say to your um, player on your team when they do something like that? Do you lose your marbles? Um, do you just say it can't happen again? I, I I don't know what to say in that situation, you know? Well, the problem with LSU is they're running out of players here. So yeah. I, I don't know if you can exactly <laughs> bench them when they had another wide receiver opt out this week and uh, they're trending toward being the first. They, they just showed this stat on the broadcast. Um, that they would be the first team potentially. Now, it's they're not there yet, but we haven't had a defending national champion with a losing record the following season uh, since uh, 1943. So maybe you remember that year, Arnie. I believe it was Ohio State. But oh, thank you. The rest thank of you. us don't yes. remember. Uh, so we're talking that. about, what, 70-plus years, 70-ish years since yes. that's happened? So it's it's been a long time. I I was I I remember it vividly. There's yeah. no doubt that about a, that. that. That that 42 Ohio State team must have been pretty good, huh? <laughs> Aaron, this, I was doing uh, yelling radio with a bullhorn. Was, was that no when radio. you were in Dallas or uh, Phoenix? I, I forget. Aaron underscore Torres. I've been stinking genius. One will come back more top 25. Want to talk a little bit more about Michigan and are they really going to bring Harbaugh back? What's going on with Ohio State and Michigan possibly for next week? i give you our thoughts on that. But first, let's see what's trending. First time we check in tonight with Steve DeSager. What's going on, DeSager? Hello, guys. You mentioned South Carolina getting a new football coach. There had been a couple reports, oh, this guy's staying at his school, oh, that coach is staying at his school, and now the Bruce Feldman report that the new South Carolina coach expected to be Oklahoma assistant Shane Beamer, who, by the way, it was a decade ago plus that he was a former assistant there. The reason this would come out tonight is because literally South Carolina just finished its season at 2-8. Ah. and eight. They lost. You remember Kentucky a couple weeks ago played Alabama, and Ken- yes. Kentucky lost 63-3? to three. Yes. Kentucky beat South Carolina 41-18. Right. to 18. Couldn't they wait for the Oklahoma game to finish, though? It's <laughs> only got a couple minutes left. That's right. It's got about 30 seconds left. I, I don't know why you couldn't wait just a little bit. for. By the way, do I get credit for breaking that story if I read it from Bruce Feldman? I believe Bruce gets the credit, but sure, I don't get credit. Ahead. I read it, though. Yeah, yeah. Take all I the credit in the world. That's all you want, sure. Yeah, exactly. You want credit for everything else, including power here at Fox, which doesn't exist. Thank him. Just because he tweeted it and I read it, though, I should get partial credit, like a half a sack. Actually, your point about him tweeting out before Oklahoma's done, that, of course, is the Fox game tonight. The Oklahoma Sooners with 30 seconds left. They're leading Baylor 27-14. to Number one Alabama in the last five minutes. They're up 55-17 at LSU. Wow, it's not even that close, honestly, (laughs) because in the first half, Devontae Smith, just the first half, had seven receptions for Alabama, 219 yards, three touchdowns. They led at the halftime break 45-14. to 
Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at geico.com. Easy wins in the top ten for Notre Dame and Clemson. They'll face each other again in the ACC title game in two weeks. Ohio State and Texas A&M with wins. Florida as well. And number nine, Iowa State beat West Virginia 42-6. to The Iowa State Cyclones will be in the Big 12 title game. Wow. Number 10, Miami won 48 nothing at Duke tonight. Hurricanes are 8-1 and one and counting. Mentioned Oklahoma is about to win there in the last 30 seconds. Indiana won at Wisconsin 14-6 with a backup quarterback. And then the battle of the 9-0 teams, which was one of the games of the year, Carolina, that is Coastal Carolina, 22-17 over a BYU team that was tackled at the one-yard line on the final play. TCU committed five turnovers and still beat 15th-ranked Oklahoma State, 29-22. to North Carolina and Iowa each won. One of the shocking scores of the college football year was when 7-0 Marshall, ranked 21st in the country, got shut out at home by Rice, 20 to nothing. Rice, that had been 1-2 and two with six postponements this year. <laughs> and not good last year, the year before, the year before, or so forth. How right, about this Arizona State game? Arizona State hasn't played since the first game of the Pac-12 season. Yeah, you remember that, yes. that tight one at USC that Fox had for the Pac-12 opener, that 9 a.m. game? USC 28-27. That's the only game Arizona State had played. They're down 10 nothing at home to UCLA. Five and a half minutes to go. Second quarter right now on FS1. So this is ASU's home opener, ladies and gentlemen, tonight on December the 5th. <laughs> Stanford won at number 22, Washington 31-26. Cal was 0-3, but beat number 23-ranked Oregon 21-17. Tulsa beat Navy, 24th-ranked Tulsa next Saturday will host number 7 Cincinnati. Each team is 6-0 in the American Conference. Of course, their conference final is the very next week at the home stadium of the top seed to be decided. The Baltimore Ravens activated running back Mark Ingram from the COVID list, but they still have 10 Ravens players on that list, including Mm. quarterback Lamar Jackson. Keep in mind, their game is not until Tuesday on Fox TV when Baltimore hosts Dallas. Lions running back DeAndre Swift with downgraded to doubtful due to illness. In college basketball, the mighty Arizona Wildcats edged Eastern (laughs) Washington. (laughs) 70-67. to Bad job by you. Our bosses said you should be leading with that. (laughs) That's right. Everyone has an opinion. Number 10, Houston beat South Carolina 77-67. Seventh-ranked Kansas almost lost to North Dakota State today. I saw that. The Jayhawks at home 65-61 winners. And the game that a college basketball game early season I was actually expecting to watch today was postponed. Number one, Gonzaga versus number two, Baylor. Not played. Two from the Zags tested positive for coronavirus. A reminder, there's boxing on pay-per-view coming right up from the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr., 26-0 against former champ Danny Garcia. Again, pay-per-view tonight. Back to you. All right, thanks a lot to Sager. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's all brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You can reach us at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin' Genius Run. Aaron, not to go back through the whole thing, you saw what Herb Street said um, about the, uh, you know, Michigan and maybe they're not going to want to show up in the coronavirus and blah, 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 and Ohio State won't be eligible. Let me ask you this. Any chance that 
the Michigan game would be decided whether Harbaugh comes back or not? Like, if Harbaugh decided he wasn't going to come back, why play the game? If he decided he is coming back, you have to play the game? Or is that too crazy to, to think like that? Listen, if you want to believe in conspiracy theories, like, this is one that I don't think is inconceivable. Oh, uh, no. of, yeah. of the idea that, hey, Michigan wants to give this guy an extension, but we can't give him an extension if he loses 65 to nothing to Ohio State. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're, I don't want to say they're going to fake the coronavirus because they have positive cases, but you know, listen, what I'll say is Kirk Herbstreit is right. There are teams that they apologized. Yeah. You, you apologize for stuff all the time that you don't really <laughs> mean when you apologize. Of course not. I, I never mean it. But um, no, I mean, listen, I think that there are for sure teams that are using COVID as an excuse to get out of games that they do not want to play. And they're using it as, Oh, it's, it's all about safety. And I don't doubt that they want to keep their players safe. But, I mean, there have been games where teams meet the minimum threshold and refuse to play. Florida State, a couple weeks ago, we right, didn't really talk right. about it. But I was fired up about that because Florida State met the ACC protocols and decided to write their own rules on the spot and not play Clemson. And so I'll throw it back to you, Arnie. But the point is, I do believe there are programs that are doing that. I'm not saying Michigan is, uh, but I do believe there are programs that are doing it. I think we have it reversed, though. I think if Harbaugh was not going to come back, I think let's just say he had a NFL job lined up, let's say with the Jets, for argument's sake. Um, and his agent spoke to the Jets, and after the season, blah, blah, blah. If I'm Harbaugh, I'm like, you know what? Here's a final kick in the backside before I leave. I'm not even going to play the Ohio State game. Um, kick in the reverse, backside to who, though? To everybody. The middle finger to everybody. College, the, the, the conference, the Ohio State, uh, everything. I, I don't know. If, but if he's going to stay at Michigan – and he's going to sign a new deal, and he knows that. Then he's like, okay, we're going to regroup. We're going to try to win this game. We're going to go out there and play. At least that's the way I think about it. Maybe maybe that's just too much of a conspiracy theory. I don't know. So you're saying – so I'm, I'm confused with what you're saying. If he had an NFL job, he would say screw it and it, opt out of the game? That, well, I'm not saying he would opt out. I'm, I'm going to say he would use coronavirus as the sure. excuse. But he would say, hey, I'm going to the Jets anyway. Uh, do I really want to play this game? Do I want to go out losing to Michigan or losing 65 nothing to Ohio State or whatever the score is going to be? I'll just blame coronavirus. I'll wrap up my time at Michigan, and I'll go on and coach the Jets, the Lions, Jacksonville, Texans, whoever, Dallas. Doesn't make a difference. Why am I going to worry about the last game against Ohio State? Here's the final middle finger to everybody. I'm out of here. So this is just my opinion. I don't know Jim Harbaugh at all. I certainly don't know him as well or the program as well as Bernie or Rob or whomever. I just I think he loves Michigan, the school, and I think he knows that he hasn't done what he's supposed to do. I think he probably, yeah, I think he probably fans have said stuff that I'm sure he doesn't appreciate. I'm sure when his wife goes to the grocery store, they're probably you know looking at her funny and all that kind of stuff. But I think he loves the school. I don't think he wants to give the school a middle finger on the way out, even if things are not working out and have not worked out the way that that they were hoping for. Well, maybe it's more of a middle finger to Ohio State who won't go ahead and get to play for the conference championship if they don't get that game in. Then again, but the rules can change by then. Who knows the, what's going to happen? The rules then. can change, and yes. then doesn't that ultimately become his legacy at Michigan? La- no, <laughs> it could, seriously. Could it could be. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah, last, it could be. last game at Michigan, leaves for the NFL, Ducks Ohio State. We're not sure. Was it because of COVID? They say it was, but do we really believe them? Blah, 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 blah. So – 
I think he wants to play. Uh, I would hope that they want to play. I would hope nobody is using COVID as an excuse. You to- told me earlier, just a, a minute ago, some teams are using COVID as an excuse. Uh, yeah, and I do believe they are. I'm positive they are. Uh, I'm hoping Michigan isn't one of them putting off yeah. one of the biggest, best rivalries that we have in all of sports. I, we'll find out in the coming days, one, if the game's going to get played, and then two. I think it will. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. And and I don't think it's going to be pretty. I, I'm yes. almost positive it's not going to be pretty. But I, I do think that would be a pretty weak – it wouldn't be probably. It would be an incredibly weak move if Michigan could play the game and chose not to. 109 straight years, and they're gonna, now they're not going to play. Get out of here. Uh, you want to get in, Aaron underscore Torres. I've been stinking genius one. We'll update some of the late games. want to talk about the rankings. We'll go through some more top 25, all that. Coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. This segment brought to you by Geico. Um, by the way, I was reading the wrong Twitter account. I was wondering, I, I must have mixed it up. As I'm like, what happened to all our tweets today? Now I see them. Okay, now now I see what's going on on Twitter. So, are you on your burner up. account right now, or what? Oh, we just stop with that. You and Katie. No, I was I was looking at one that had activity instead of stinking genius. So mm. now I'm, oh, how come you didn't tell me? Look at all the 
tweets that we've gotten for crying out loud. I've not kept up on it. By the way, I was thinking about this during the break. Um, we talked about this last week. South Carolina, so they just hired uh, the tight ends coach at, at Oklahoma, Shane Beamer, son of Frank Going Beamer. to hire. That's the rumor, yes. Going to hire. Remember we talked about this last week? All these schools, and I guess they do it. Well, we were talking about it with the Lions with Matt Patricia. Oh, you got to fire him now to get a head a jump on the head coaching search. When South Carolina fired Will Muschamp to get a jump on the head coaching search, you think any of their fans thought they were going to end up with the tight ends coach from Oklahoma? Like you, well, yeah. you rushed to fire Will Muschamp to hire this guy? Well, you think it's – how do we know it's going to be a bad hire, though? I guess he's pretty popular there, so why would it be a pretty bad hire? Popular. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, what I'm saying is you're an SEC program that's getting your brains beat in every week. I don't think that the fans are super geeked up for a tight ends coach from Oklahoma. I'm not saying he won't be a good coach. I'm just saying – when you fire Will Muschamp uh, with four weeks left in the season, I do think the fans were probably expecting a little bit more. I got to answer Authentic Allen, who said, I guess I'll have to wait till the 2 a.m. hour to explain to us um, how it could possibly be that a football player, LSU player, dropping the ball to one yard line is like NBA trash talking. All right, th- that's fair enough. What is this? I, well, the, the reason I said that is because um, they purposely dropped it at the one yard line to show every the you know to show up everybody like hey hey I'm gonna score a touchdown I'm gonna drop it like the second I get over the goal line the very second that's why they do it right I mean it's not because the ball is heavy or anything like that they do it to kind of show up everybody isn't that the reason why I hate to defend you ever but I your analogy makes perfect sense yes of course it does it's trying to look cool for school yes, and show yes. everybody how cool you are and stuff hey here's an idea just cross the white line. It's not that hard. Then you do whatever you want. You want to jump in the stands like you're Aaron Rodgers? Like, I don't really care. But you got to cross the goal line. And, right. it, and it's not like it's the first time this has happened. We see it like three times every year. Somebody should. It, it, it's, well, it's it's like instead of spiking the ball, you're you're dropping it as, as soon as you can get over there. It's like, look at me. Look how cool I am. I'm going to drop the ball right there the second I touch the line. That's what it is. You know that, right? That there's no way he could have been off by a yard. Oh my goodness, that 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 absolutely just just kills me when I see stuff like that. Uh, Jim says you want to talk ugly. Michigan State will have to play that game with a third string quarterback. McNamara and Milton are both injured and done for the season. Yeah, I, I wouldn't blame Harbaugh if he doesn't want to play this game. It could get real ugly out there. What do you think the line's going to be like? Twenty five or thirty or what? So I put this tweet out this morning. Let me ask you, what would the line have to be? For you to feel comfortable betting on Michigan in this game. I guess like 32. I said 35 and a half was the number that I came up with. That's fair enough. And I think it, that might be low. Like, I don't think that I would feel re. I, I actually, like, if I was in Vegas, because we can't bet legally here uh, in California, I don't think I would be comfortable going to the window and making a substantial bet on Michigan plus 35 and a half against Ohio State next week, which is really no, sad. No, but I would, I would take the money line and just hope for the biggest upset ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I would. That, I mean, that's the only way to bet it. Instead of taking the 35, just hope for the like the craziest thing ever, and they win the game, and you get something like 15 to one or something to that effect. You know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you might as well just burn your money in. You wow. might as well bet. You might as well have just bet it in August on Arizona to win the national championship in wow. football. Wow! Yeah. Can you believe that? That betting the Michigan Wolverines to beat Ohio State is equivalent to. Uh, like impossible. I know. It just can't happen. You know what I mean? It's sad. It is sad. I'm with you. 
Um, I it, it and that speaks to what we were talking about for people who did not see it. Rob Parker tweeted out that his sources in Michigan are saying that Harbaugh is going to get some kind of extension. He is not going to the NFL, and he will be back at Michigan next year. And that's the crazy part. He was brought in to beat Ohio State, and I don't know if they're further from Ohio State now than they were when he got there, but I think you could absolutely make that argument. And uh, and so yeah, it's crazy. I wonder what do you think would be a better job, the Chicago Bears? He loves Chicago, played there, or uh, Michigan Wolverines? I don't think he wants. He's got so much to accomplish in Michigan. I don't think he wants to leave like this. You know, I don't think he does either. I, you know, I just don't. I, I'm not. It's hard because no, I'm I'm because yeah. like I I don't. If I was, I think Michigan's AD is in an impossible spot where if you let him go, you better have the next guy lined up, and it better be somebody the fans are happy with. But if you bring them back, we see kind of the current situation. Yeah, I, I don't think um, that he's going to get that extension. But what I know, what do I know? Rob Parker has a lot better um, sources and something like this. Matter of fact, Bernie Fratto is going to join us in the power hour of the show. Bernie's very connected uh, to Michigan, so we'll see what he's got to say. Uh, he's been working his sources also. All right, hour one just flew on by. Oh, my goodness, where did it go? Uh, we'll come back. We'll start getting into the NFL. Ryan Fowler is also going to join us. We'll wrap up college with him uh, and also a little Alabama talk. So that's coming up. All that next on Fox Sports Radio. Everyone, as we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, and it's all brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You want to be part of the show? Real simple. Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin' Genius 1. Ryan Fowler from Tuscaloosa, Alabama will join us uh, at about 20 past the hour. He does host the game on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk a little bit about Alabama football and Little SEC, little the fourteen playoff level, little fun uh, when Ryan joins us, and of course Bertie Fratto, uh, straight out of Vegas, uh, will join us in the Power Hour. Bertie's going to give us a little inside info on what's going on with Jim Harbaugh out there at uh, Michigan. So we'll see how that's going to work out, Torres. I'm excited to well, one, I'm excited to hear what Bernie has to say. It's it's turning into what I think is a very fun kind of coaching carousel deal with oh, college yeah. football. Yeah. I mean, for all the talk about oh, no no job is gonna open up. Uh Michigan is at least possibly gonna open up conflicting reports from Rob Parker saying that they are actually gonna bring back Harbaugh. Tom Herman, who knows what's gonna happen there? Is Urban Meyer gonna come back? South Carolina just got Phil Vandy. What happens at Tennessee? By the way. I still don't think Clay Helton's out of the woodwork here. I mean, this guy, uh, 3-0, and but two highly unimpressive wins. Uh, they only have one game one game tomorrow and then UCLA next week. UCLA all of a sudden is turning a corner. I'm just saying is like that's another one that I don't think it's inconceivable that he gets let go if they don't finish strong. Uh, just just interesting. Just interesting. Yeah. Oh, and by, and by the way, of course, we were just uh, we were filling in. Uh, from Mike Carmen and Jason Smith over Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up. I haven't decided, haven't put out the schedule yet. I'll let you guys know um, as soon as I figure it out. The Sager's definitely going to work. I'll let you know that right away. So you're not giving him the night off? No, I'm not giving him the night off. Um, But if we do work on Christmas, which wouldn't be bad this year, um, think about this. Not only do you have the five games on Christmas Day, but it's the second game of the season, Torres. How about that? I mean, you're getting like the start of the NBA season for the most part on Christmas Day. How crazy is that, you know? 
It's always a fun day to work, and you and I have done it in the past. Um, I think this year Christmas Day is on a Saturday, though, isn't no, it? No, Friday, Friday, Friday. Oh, it's on a Friday. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah so- I mean, but you're the second. It's the second game of the year after and having five um, games on that uh, on that uh, Friday. That that that, that okay. is just awesome. So okay, so I don't want to go all. Clay Travis, political, this, that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Are are you geeked up for the NBA this year? I mean, like, I I don't know. Like, I I just I'm not. I'm just. I, maybe it's just because we just had. First of all, I love the bubble, so it's not like oh, I hate the NBA, the pol- politics, blah, blah blah. I love the NBA, but maybe it's just because it just finished. Like, I'm not really that excited for it. You know, it's like to use your buffet analogy. Right. Once you go up for the first thing of dessert, you need some time before you go up for the second serving. You know. You know, I and you know what I can actually understand that we just went through a intense situation with the NBA. We had the bubble. Uh, went through the playoffs. We feel like we, you know, we just had the draft. We 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 need a little time to rest. And here we go. We're right back starting it all up again. But we, we have to catch up. We're going to go with a 72 game season. We, we have to start sooner than later, right? We, we couldn't do. wait till after January. We couldn't yeah. get that done. I don't blame the NBA for starting, but now I think, Arnie, it is interesting because you start to look at some of these storylines. The Lakers, I mean, I, I just don't think LeBron's going to play very much to start the season. Um, oh, I agree. And they're going to go from, uh, what did I read, 13 to 15 players um, on a roster So because you know people are going to go ahead and, and uh, do uh, load management. And that's what I was going to say. So you yeah. have that situation. The Rockets are a mess where they have John Wall now with James Harden. I don't think James Harden wants to be there anymore. Kyrie's already starting trouble in Brooklyn. He refused to go to media day yesterday. Like, I don't know. Like, like again, they had to bring back the season. They couldn't wait. I understand why they did it. I've been critical of Adam Silver with different stuff, but you have to do it. You can't wait any longer. Some teams, frankly, haven't even played in close to a year. I'm just not like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm still deep in football. I think you're in the minority. You want to know why? Actually, I didn't read this, but I got this earlier. Shasta McNasty said, Arnie, can we talk NBA? Luca, LeBron, I love you, man. Talk NBA. Well, if Shasta McNasty says it, then we should blow up the rundown. I mean, cancel Ryan Fowler. Get me Rick (laughs) Buecher. No, but I I think there's a lot of people that think the NBA is going to be interesting this year and, and are excited to see what's going to happen. The Lakers have made themselves better. Um, obviously, you saw what went on with the with Washington and Houston, um, you know, with, with their trade with Westbrook. I, I think there could be a lot of interesting parts of this year. Well, you know what it is? This is my equivalent to spring football. I, I always say the spring football leagues that they keep trying to shove down my throat, XFL, AAF. I just watch football for 18 straight weeks at the high or, you know, 20 straight weeks with the playoffs at the highest level. Like, I don't need to watch uh, Aaron Murray versus whoever with Arnie's Arizona hot shots against the Houston <laughs> Wranglers or whatever. Like I just watched 20 weeks of football and that's kind of how I feel about basketball. It's like, I just watched it. The bubble was awesome. I love the heat story. I'm just not ready. I'm not saying I won't, I, you know, when that first game's on, yeah, I'll probably turn on, you know, Lakers, whoever, or watch right. Westbrook with the wizards or whatever, but I'm just not, like, geeked up for it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you'll get geeked up when it starts. I promise you that. You want to get in. Aaron underscore Torres, I'm a stinking genius one. Enough of, of the NBA. You're going to get fired if you continue I this I agree. Up. That's uh, what I'm just, saying. Uh, just some of the stuff today uh, that I kind of noticed. Trevor Lawrence, bad interception through for under 200 yards. You'd think he'd have a bigger game with the 45-10 to 10 win. Was not impressed with Trevor Lawrence today. I'm... Wondering if he really is going to be the next superstar at the next level, or he's just going to be a really good quarterback. 
I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that without getting fired. You could get fired for saying that, but um, Clemson goes on to the easy victory anyway. So know? let me ask you this. I'm, first of all, Trevor Lawrence coming into today, uh, 2,200 yards passing in like six games, 71% completion percentage, 9.8 yards per reception thrown, 19 TDs, two interceptions. So I think he's going to be fine. Here's my question. You you watch the, the Coastal Carolina-BYU game pretty closely, right? Yes. So I read some mock drafts this week that had Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, who's right. really fun, ahead of Justin Fields. Like, I, I'm sorry. It, he's a fun quarterback on a fun team. Justin Fields is a stud, dude. And, it, I, I like, it's one of those, are we already overthinking this draft thing? Because, look, Trevor Lawrence going number one. But Zach Wilson, good story. Like, you're not drafting him over Justin Fields, are you? Well, it's hard for me to take every draft seriously. I mean, every knucklehead um, puts out their mock draft out there. Is it some kid in the basement in his mom's house? Or is it uh, some reputable, you know, yeah. uh, publication? I don't know. Well, it was a uh, but, reputable but I, publication. I would, I would not do that. That's ridiculous. I, I think we're pretty much set. At least I thought it was going to be uh, Trevor Lawrence. And Justin Fields well, won two, and uh, you could put that in Sharpie, I thought, you know? Yeah, this kid is making waves because he's had a great statistical season, but this was the first time he faced any kind of relevant pass rush. Uh, Coastal Carolina has a DN that they said will be drafted sometime this year. I think he's fine. If you want to take him late first round and groom him to see as your backup or something like that, that's a lot different than taking him over Justin Fields. By the way, I told you Shasta wanted us to talk about NBA. Sean says the NBA is a hell of a lot more exciting than your Fugazi college football season and your college basketball season. Wow. Sean wants us to talk Titans and NHL every week. So no, I'm NBA not taking now too. Yes. Yeah. I'm not taking a uh, rundown advice from Sean. Now Shasta McNasty. That's a different <laughs> story. I mean, that guy <laughs> clearly has a, a knack for the big story. So Anthony said the Rockets are coming out of the West. The Harden and wall will be the best. Ew, duo. Stop. <laughs> stop. Just stop. <laughs> this They're, is funny. They, they love their NBA. Maybe you're the only one that's not ready for the NBA. Maybe everybody, everybody else is. You know? I mean, we're coming off the lowest rated finals ever. I don't think I'm the only one. By the way, Paul Paul Bills Mafia did have a funny one. He said Trevor Lawrence was in his Jets form today. I saw that. That's I love that. I was going to get to that one next. You're absolutely right. Uh, are we putting Trevor Lawrence too much on a pedestal, or let's not over again? Let's not overthink it. Um, with this one game, 200 yards, they went at 45-10. He didn't look very. He looked average. He did have that big interception. And um, I did have questions about him, but I don't want to overthink it, you know? Yeah, what I would say is um, coming into today, as I said, 71% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, two interceptions, almost 10 yards per completion. You don't have to read his stats to know how good he is. All you have to do is been able to watch in the last couple of years. That's what I'm saying. Just yeah. look at the stats. That's all you have to do. Everyone's allowed one bad game. Sorry. Are you? The guys are behind you? the glass are looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Yeah, I think he's a stud. I think he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen in college. The most talented quarterback you've ever seen in college. Yeah. Who would you put ahead of him? There's been a lot of damn good quarterbacks that have been college quarterbacks, though, that certainly maybe have not gone to the next level. That are 6'6", with the biggest arm, the fastest guy on the field. I mean, I don't know, dude. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And I think Justin Fields is really good, too. I would take him number two overall. But I'd, I wouldn't pass on Trevor Lawrence. Matt said, Arnie, come on. First it was, I don't like Tua, then Tua is great, <laughs> then Tua stinks, let's get Trevor Lawrence. Now it's, I don't know if Trevor yes. Lawrence is good because of a down game. Talk about speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Wow. I just, I, he, hey, the show's tonight. 
He had the 195 yards tonight, okay? He didn't have 350 yards tonight. That's not a great point. Great point by Matt. Matt, you know, do you want to come host? I need a a nice, uh, uh, smart host that knows what he's talking about. I am in on Matt. You're, he's right. You were trying to push Tua out the door. You were trying to sneak out the side door of a bad date with Tua to get Trevor Lawrence because the, the the Dolphins have the Texans pick, um, and uh, and now you now you're out on Trevor Lawrence. By the well, time we're done, you're gonna have the Dolphins taking a, a offensive guard or something. You're, you know you're what? The worst. Colin brings up a good point. He hurt in high school, hurt in college, now hurt with the Dolphins. Um, not like I'm not liking the, the the pattern here. You know what I'm saying? Not liking the pattern. Well, here's my question: Didn't you know all that before that he got? Before, except for the Dolphins part, don't didn't you know he was injury prone before you drafted him? Yes, I did, but I overlooked it. Okay, all right. Okay. I decided to overlook it, just like a date. I overlook her flaws for her beauty. Uh, Authentic Allen said, "I'm sorry, but Torres sounds completely out of the NBA loop." The NBA has great stories coming into the season. Lakers, of course. LeBron always. Luka, possible MVP. What is Durant and Kyrie. Steph Curry is back. Nuggets, young and exciting. Plus many others. Bravo, authentic Allen. I agree with him on that. Let me ask a question. What is that exciting about the Lakers? I don't think they're exciting at all. I, I think, like, I guess repeating, but like, is what is exciting? I'm actually more. Thank goodness we're not out in LA today because the UCLA game's on right now. I'm yeah. actually more intrigued by the Clippers off the season that they had. Paul George just threw uh, Doc Rivers under the bus this week. I'm much more intrigued by the Clippers than I am the Lakers, to be perfectly honest. I don't know what's. Uh, well, that's because they lost. What the better stories, as Ben Maller said, the better stories always in the loser locker room or what? Well, I mean, it's the way they lost. I mean, they quit. They threw Doc Rivers under the bus. Paul George, I mean, just buried him this week. Yeah, I think uh, that's ridiculous. I think Paul George is way overrated, but that's beside the point. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I, authentic, Allen. I'm sorry. Like, I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way, considering we just came off the lowest-rated NBA Finals in the history of the sport. Uh, so, sorry, authentic, Allen. You're fired, just like Arnie's fired. Matt, you can come <laughs> host the rest of the show. Uh, what did you think about Florida, by the way, over Tennessee? I watched part of that game. Um, wasn't a blowout, 31-19, kind of a ho-hum victory for Florida. Trask was awesome, over 400 yards and four touchdowns. Talk about a guy that has climbed up the ranks. He may be the third quarterback taken um, in this. You said you mentioned Wilson. I don't know if Wilson's going to go ahead of Trask. I don't know who's going to be um, more fair. Both will go in the first round. I do promise you that, but um, he's looking awesome, no doubt about that. Yeah, ho hum is was kind of the the right way to put it. It was you know Florida's offense has been so awesome all year, and today it was good but not great. By the way, Tennessee scored with like three seconds left to cover. I saw a lot of people right. that were not happy about that. Yeah, I think Florida right now it's just about kind of uh, tuning up. They actually play uh, LSU next week, which could be another snoozer bloodbath uh, for LSU. But um, I think right now it's just about getting ready for Bama in two weeks. And, and for people who don't know, both teams clinched a spot in the SEC championship game. So both those teams will be there. And unless something happens between now and, and uh, you know, two weekends from now, which would mean one of the two lost, um, you know, we would be talking about a scenario where that game is a de facto playoff game. And by the way, with uh, Coastal Carolina did the Zach Wilson um, right before the half on the interception, Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. If I was a player at BYU, we would have been throwing down. I promise you that. You can't do that to my quarterback. Yeah. For people that didn't see it, he threw an interception to end the half. And uh, on the return, two guys just bodied him. And they basically had a little scuffle at midfield. I would defend my quarterback, too. Absolutely. When we come back, though, 
Um, Ryan Fowler's good to stop on by, host of the Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Wrap up that uh, Alabama game, talk a little bit about the rankings, the top four. Got a few other things for him that's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. This segment brought to you by Geico. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You've already figured out how to send in your text. Uh, Aaron underscore, or Twitter at least, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius I, One. We'll get to those in a minute. What were you going to say, Torres? Should I give out your phone number so people can text in? Uh, yeah, I'm more yeah, than glad yeah, to. Uh, let's do that right now. I've done that before. Don't don't act like that's never been done. Okay. All right. Yeah. Should, I, should I do it? I got yeah, it. There you wish. I don't uh, even let, know what area code you are. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and go out to our guest. He does a uh, show down at Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's Ryan Fowler. Another easy win for Alabama, huh, my friend? No problem there. Yeah, I think it's a revenge game in Baton Rouge. Uh, somebody had to pay the price, and it uh, looks like these Bengal Tigers were next up. Ryan, you were complaining. I don't know if complain's the right word, but you joined us actually on Thanksgiving night when we were filling in for Jason and Mike. 
and you were concerned about the the offense or the defense, not the offense, the defense from from Alabama. Well, uh, last week they basically give up a, a garbage touchdown late in the game against Auburn. Today, fourteen points, but one wasn't a touchdown because the guy dropped it on the one yard line, and then three points in the second half on the road against a rival. Are you satisfied with where the defense is at yet, Ryan? It's not like you're going up against the San Francisco 49ers with Joe Montana. I mean, we're talking about Auburn's offense and LSU's offense. Listen, I think this defense is head and shoulders above where they were at at the beginning of the season. I think they've continued to improve. It it just, to me, when you look at it, Alabama's offense is off the charts. And, And to be honest, it really kind of confuses me that if a defense goes up against this type of offense in practice day in and day out, that you would think they would have seen everything, that they would come out and, you know, just completely shut down. And Nick Saban was not happy at halftime. I mean, he, you know, he talked about the cu- couple of busted plays. It, it's, it's just looking ahead to – let's look ahead to Justin Fields. Let's look ahead to a Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask in two weeks, SEC championship game. You know, will your offense be able to match everybody else's offense? I think so. But their defense may be in some ways better in, in some areas than Alabama. And, and I think Alabama fans are a little gun-shy of what happened in Santa Clara a couple of years ago. And, you know, maybe we have unreasonable expectations from time to time. Ryan, it's not like Alabama is quarterback you. I don't think you've had a – a uh, quarterback, uh, a good quarterback in the NFL since what? Ken Stabler. Uh, who will be a better quarterback, Mac Jones, Tua, or Jalen Hurts in the NFL? Well, I mean, uh, let's let's cross out Jalen. I, I don't think that's even uh, a, a real big debate. Uh, you know, it, it's just hard for me to go away from Tua just for just simply with with arm talent. But I, I'll say this, Mac Jones. There's no way. I could have thought if you would have told me this back in August that this would be the season that he would be having, I would have probably looked at you and said, you're absolutely out of your mind. Uh, I think Mac Jones is going to have a solid uh, NFL career, but you know, you, you listen, he's may walk out of here with a Heisman trophy too, which would be the <laughs> first Alabama quarterback to win a Heisman trophy. And that's with Joe Namath, Kenny Stabler, Bart wow. Starr, Harry Gilmer, Alabama's never had a quarterback win a Heisman Trophy. So wow. he may be that first guy. I think he could have a lot of success, but right now I'd probably give that nod to Tua. So uh, speaking of Mac Jones, uh, I put out a tweet uh, sometime during the game. They were up by a million points as always. And you look at his stat line today, Mac Jones, 20 to 28, 71% completion percentage, 385 yards, four touchdowns. I believe he has been the best player in college football that I have seen all year, better than uh, Kyle Trask. And I believe that if I had a Heisman vote, that is who I would vote for as of today. I got some pushback from Bama Nation that he's not even the best Heisman candidate on his own team. Uh, I forget if you have a vote or not, Ryan, and you don't even have to say. If you had to vote for one of these guys for the Heisman, him, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, where would you go? Well, I, I do have a vote, and I, I've got I definitely have to see the Kyle Trask uh, game. You know, th- this game last year with Joe Burrow, I came back on a Monday and I got all torched by Alabama fans because I said I was going to vote for Joe Burrow uh, coming to Bryant Denny Stadium. So let let me right now, as of I would say Mac Jones, 
I know Devontae Smith is doing what, you know, he's been able to do. And it, it's simply, it, it's crazy to even think about. I mean, look at that catch. I mean, I know I, I saw Fox Sports put it out. It was just unreal. But you look at Devontae Smith. He told me after the national championship catch that he wanted to be known as more than just a second 26 to a uh, over Georgia win. He told me that last year. I've asked him that same question to come up, and, and it, it's it's the same thing. He wants to be known more than just that guy. Well, Devontae Smith, you've been able to do that because I think you're going to walk out of Tuscaloosa being the greatest wide receiver that's ever had a chance to wear a crimson jersey. Yes, Amari Cooper. Yes, Julio Jones. Devontae Smith is in front of you. Promise me if Texas hires Urban Meyer that Alabama will play them. Would you promise me that? They play Texas, soon, right? Man, Texas has an ego. Listen, <laughs> that, that bunch out there in, in Austin, it, they have the same problem that Alabama had prior to Nick Saban's arrival. Their their ego and their arrogant attitude gets in the way of them winning. Wow. Go continue. Go ahead. I'm intrigued. Well, I mean, you just you, you look at Texas. I don't know who could turn it around. I mean, Urban Meyer. You've got to no. be able to. You've got to be able to walk in. And Nick Saban did this to Alabama boosters. He came in and said, hey, do you want me to be your country club coach or do you want me to be a football coach that can win? I think until somebody gets uh, the guts to go to Austin and say, Rich Boosters, sit down, shut up, let me coach your football team. Until that happens, that they're not going to be the program that they want to be. But but the problem is I just don't see who out there can take charge. I mean, listen, I, I'll be honest with you. Nick Saban's first year in Tuscaloosa, I heard there was a lot of frustration because people want to show and tell coach. Right. And right. And, and they want to occupy that time. And, and I think Texas has that same problem that Alabama had back in 2007. Wow. I, I, I got to ask you this because we're getting a lot of questions um, from our listeners. Paul Bills Mafia says, hey, Ryan, which AAC or Sunbelt school was, will Gus Malzahn be coaching in uh, 2021? So what do you think? Uh, no, we, we need him at Auburn. We need him at Auburn. We are going to make sure that he never leaves Auburn. And, and maybe Nick Saban looks smart because he kind of threw the game last November just to assure – uh, that Gus was going to get a contract extension because maybe Nick Saban's the smart one. But Gus is, you know, that's another coach. And Aaron and I talk about this all the time. That guy is awful. He he is awful. But that's Auburn. You remember, Bo Jackson tried to go out and attract. He was on the hiring committee, and that's all they could get. I mean, that that's all they could get. They could not attract a big name because a big name does not want to come in the state and compete with Nick Saban. Uh, Gus is about all best Auburn can do. So we've actually had a lot of coaching conversation on this uh, little segment here, uh, and I want to wrap. Last one from me. Joel Clapp put this out the other day when um, when Nick Saban was out because of COVID that he thought that it could be an audition for Steve Sarkeesian to one day get the head coaching job at Alabama after Nick Saban leaves. Mm. Uh, it's early. Go, but go ahead, Ryan. I'll just shut up. What do you think of that? Okay, well, let me say this, okay? 2020 has proved a lot of things uh, crazy this year. But I think the other part that it has proven that Nick Saban is not happy sitting in the recliner, you know, watching <laughs> Leave it to Beaver reruns, okay? I mean, he's just not that guy. I mean, he, he's talked about it. He's miserable. 
And so 2020 has forced him twice to shut down. It gave him a little sampling of retirement back in the spring. It gave him a little sampling, you know, what, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So when you look at Nick Saban, he's just not happy. And I think the problem is Jonathan Allen told me uh, that he would he would literally die on that football field. I'm starting to believe that Jonathan Allen's dead on the money. I think Nick Saban is nowhere near to hanging it up. So answer your question, I just don't know if Sark's going to be that patient. All right, as okay. we let you go, that just one more thing. Um, the Texans, the Cowboys, uh, the Bears, why did you uh, have to Jets. bring up the Cowboys? Well the, well, the only reason I bring this up is what's where will Harbaugh be coaching, or is he going to stay at Michigan? Where's Harbaugh going to be coaching? I think Jim Harbaugh has to get on his hands and knees and comes to Daddy Saban in Tuscaloosa and says, will you put me on as an analyst? Will you please put me <laughs> on sick. as an offensive analyst? <laughs> Oh, stop it. Stop it. He, he'll be in high demand. Get out of here. He's Ryan Fowler. You're going to go ahead and want to tweet him at Ryan C. Fowler. That's Ryan C. Fowler, host of the game on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Always a pleasure, Ryan. We'll speak to you later on, buddy. All right. Talk to you soon. All Thank right, you, yeah, Ryan. He's going to get a lot of tweets on that at Ryan C. Fowler. So get on that. We'll come back. We'll comment on what he had to say. We'll get start to talk about who has the most pressure uh, going into week 13 in the NFL. But first, let's see what's trending with the Sager. What's going on, the Sager? We can update the boxing on pay-per-view. It's late in the final round, round number 12 in Arlington, Texas. Welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr. at 26-0, apparently leading late against former champ Danny Garcia. Garcia's record over the last four years, just 3-2. and two. The college football news tonight from our Bruce Feldman that the new South Carolina head coach is expected to be Oklahoma assistant Shane Beamer. A decade ago, he was an assistant there at South Carolina. South Carolina just finished its season tonight at 2-8. and eight. By Up the to, way, reported yes? by Bruce Feldman, read by Arnie Spanier. <laughs> yes, and read by, read Arnie, by Arnie Spanier. So i got to get some credit here. If we come to that in this country, yes, please, you actually please, get bonus points for being able to read. Uh, updating the four college football <laughs> no games. With Arnie. No, no big words in that tweet, thank God. There are four college football games going, and Utah, at 0-2 for the season, has just scored again. An extra point will make it 23-10 over Oregon State mid-third quarter. UCLA is playing at Arizona State. This is ASU's home opener. And early third quarter, the Bruins are leading 17-10. Yeah, Arizona State is uh, 0-1 for the season so far. Meanwhile, about eight minutes to go at Nevada. The Wolfpack 5-1 in the Mountain West Conference and leading tonight 30-20 against Fresno State. The other late game is in the third quarter at New Mexico, and the Lobos are 0-5 in the Mountain West and losing tonight 13-10 to Wyoming. As for the top ten, yes, Alabama looked like the number one team in the country. They won 55-17 at LSU. Devontae Smith in the first half had seven receptions, 219 yards, three touchdowns. He had one one catch second half. Bama had a halftime lead of 45-14. So now the conference title games are coming into view. Two weeks away from the SEC championship, it will be Bama against number six ranked Florida. The Ooh. Gators beat Tennessee 31-19. Notre Dame and Clemson each one. It'll be number two versus number three in a rematch in a couple weeks for the ACC crown. And we know the Big 12 title game will have number nine Iowa State against number 11 Oklahoma. The Sooners won tonight on Fox TV 27 27- 
37-14 over Baylor. Iowa State ripped West Virginia 42-6. The Cyclones are in the conference title game. And what was the stat over 100 years since they've actually won any conference title? And then there was the battle of the 9-0 and teams. A close one. Coastal Carolina edges BYU 22-17. We do have NFL news. Is the Lions, one of their running backs, I should say, they've used so many this year. DeAndre Swift was downgraded to doubtful due to illness. Detroit's at Chicago tomorrow. Lions wide receiver Marvin Hall was released. By the way, I looked at some of the weather for the Sunday games. Almost every outdoor game, like Chicago, temperature is going to be in, in the 30s over the next few days. Baltimore is going to be hosting Dallas on Tuesday, for example. That'll be on Fox TV. And the Ravens activated running back Mark Ingram from the COVID list and defensive lineman Calais Campbell as well. Quarterback Lamar Jackson, though, is one of 10 Ravens still on the team's COVID list. Off injured reserve activated by the Houston Texans, running back David Johnson. And off injured reserve activated by the Miami Dolphins, running back Miles Gaskin. And the Eagles elevated a running back from the practice squad, Jordan Howard. They're through 12 rounds. They're done with the fight on pay-per-view in Arlington, Texas. We'll await the decision. Errol Spence Jr. against former champ Danny Garcia. This is for the welterweight crown. Back to you. All right. Thanks a lot to Sager. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's all brought to you by GEICO. It's also easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or give them a call. 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Thanks to Ryan Fowler for stopping on by. Matter of fact, let's talk a little bit about Harbaugh. Let me ask you this. Suppose Harbaugh was really successful in Michigan, and he had beaten Ohio State once or twice. Um, Do you think he would be more likely to say, you know what, I have nothing more to accomplish. I am going to leave because he does have ties to the Jets. He has ties to the Texans. He would have probably loved the coach of Chicago Bears. The Cowboys. Ties to the Bears for sure, yeah. Anybody would love the coach of the Cowboys. Um, would anyone love to coach the Cowboys, though? Jerry Jones is a lot to deal with. Espe- I, it, it's kind of the equivalent of what Ryan said with Texas football, where you have to tell the boosters, hey, sit down and shut up. I'm coaching this team. You, somebody's got to do that with Jerry Jones. And I, Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead and finish your thing. Somebody nah, has to do th- that with Jerry Jones. Yeah, somebody's got to do that with Jerry Jones, where it's a great job if you like collecting a paycheck and, and kind of being in the background. I mean, Jason Garrett was a good soldier for years. That's why he kept that job. But the coaches that want complete control, that are going to have success, have not fared well there. Jimmy Johnson and, of course, Bill Parcells. So I'm not saying it's not a great job. The the Cowboys are the gold standard in the NFL, if you want to call it the gold standard, whatever. But it's a great organization. The fans obviously care. It is America's team. But you got to deal with an owner that's kind of a pain in the butt. Do you think Harbaugh eventually wants to go back to the NFL? Well, this is what I would say. Um Joel Klatt said on Colin's show that he believed that Jim Harbaugh wanted Michigan to be his last job. But Joel Klatt also said that I believe when Michigan was like one in one and we had no idea that this season was going to be. Except uh, for me, yes. You Oh, you knew it was going to be there. Okay. Well, you so, knew, I knew that. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. I, I think that in Jim Harbaugh's mind, he was going to stay at Michigan another, I don't know, four, five, six years, whatever, and then retire into the sunset at, you know, 64, 65, whatever he would be. But the guy is 56 years old right now. And I think if, if Michigan doesn't want him back next year, I don't think this is the end. I, I just think the guy is too competitive and loves football too much. I think he wants to coach again in the NFL. And if you do want to coach again in the NFL, there's no better time than now 
to leave to go to the NFL with all the opening that's going to be. It should be seven to eight to nine plum openings. At least seven or eight of them are going to be plum openings, and he has a tie to about four of them. If you ever wanted to get back to the NFL, now is going to be the time, Torres. It's not going to be um, in a year or two from now. Well, and here's the counter is how many more really bad seasons can you have in college where the NFL all of a sudden you're not quite as attractive? Now, I think he'll always have interest. He is a guy that nearly won a Super Bowl, and so there will always be interest. But, um, you know, I, I think that the interest right now is probably it would go down significantly in a year from now if he comes back to Michigan, has another 6-6, six and 5-7, six, 7-5, and seven, seven and five, whatever type season. I said to you, coming in here, who has the most pressure on them this weekend in the NFL? Does anybody have more pressure on them this weekend than the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz going in the Green Bay? Not that I think they're going to go ahead and win the game, but they better if they want to have any chance of winning the division. And Carson Wentz, well, I don't even have to begin to tell you how much pressure he's got on there. I mean, you know? I don't think they have the most pressure, and I'll tell you who my team is in a second. Um, but it's because I think expectations are so low. Like, like we're, everyone's done on Carson Wentz. Like, like, there is no one that can defend this guy for the way that he has played this season, for the way that he has, frankly, played the last two, two and a half years. And we've gone through every level of excuse for him where even he admits, I, I, I'm just not getting the job done. So, to me, I don't believe that there is inherent pressure. The team that I was thinking when you said that, Arnie, yeah. uh, is the Arizona Cardinals. I would, I had them as one of my four also, absolutely. Yes, for people who do not know, 6-5 and five, grasping to the final, the seventh playoff spot. And w- is it the Cardinals or Murray and the Cardinals? Because Murray's taken a couple step backwards the last couple weeks, but go ahead. Yeah, he's pretty beat up. And look, I still think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt in the long term, in the long term. Um, but this is a team that's lost three of their last four. Um, you know, you lose to a bad Patriots team last week. He really struggled. I know his shoulders banged up, all that stuff. But that's the team to me because we all thought that they could be a playoff team. And then for them to start the way that they did, they beat the 49ers. You know, at one point after that Seahawks win on Sunday night football, they're sitting at 5-2. and two, And so now to be 6-5 and five overall, that, this is a big one for them. More pressure to win the Cardinals against the Rams. Cardinals, excuse me, Rams a three-point favorite, or the Ravens, who are now 6-5 and five going backwards against the Cowboys, and the Ravens are at home. It's, I guess the yes. Ravens have more pressure on them, right? Yeah, or no? that's a great point. I mean, I just said Cardinals, but I, I would think it'd be the Ravens. And uh, you can't lose to the Cowboys. The Cowboys, no, by the way, no, bizarre schedule. They play on Thanksgiving Day, and they're going to go, what, almost two full weeks without playing. Um, but, yeah, you can't lose to the Cowboys. You can't lose to the Cowboys at home. Um, and you know, you get a little bit of a pass without so many guys, including obviously Lamar Jackson on Wednesday afternoon football, Arnie Spanier talk about a, a, a curveball, but you get a little bit of a pass, but you got to beat the Cowboys at home. You want to get in Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. When we get back, here comes the Sager to tell you what we've missed so far. That's coming up next right here on Fox sports radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. Busy, busy Saturday night. You want to be part of the show, real simple, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin' Genius One. We'll get to the Sager in a minute, but first, let's get to the Geico play of the day. Wilson, back, looks, pressure coming, looks, fires it towards the end zone. It's going to be caught. He's going to be stopped. He's stopped at the two-yard line, and the shot of cleared have pulled the upset of the season in college football. The Chanticleers Radio Network. Uh, do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and your car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. So go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you can save. Geico.com, it's that easy. Let's check it with the Sager. couple of unbeatens in the top 25 that came in. Only one came out unbeaten, though. They were each 9-0. and You just heard the final play. Officially, BYU tackled at the one-yard line. And to lose, and, you know, BYU, known for its great offense, on their last five drives, 
Zero points. So justifiable excitement. Chanticleer's radio. Chanticleer's pull off some Conway magic. Shades of the 2005 upset of James Madison. Coastal Carolina 22. BYU 17. What a finish. Marketing back to their FCS days. I, I was going to say, it did remind me of that James Madison game oh, yeah. in 2002. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a, a carbon copy. Anyway, just I'll be quiet. <laughs> that, that's their best thing. Exactly. James Madison. Okay. Oh, my goodness, well, man, how poor that's been. Coastal Carolina has been an FBS program for four whole years. They used to be in the Big South with Liberty, which is now a, shall we say, Division One independent. They're at the FBS level now as well. But BYU next Saturday night will be hosting San Diego State as their season continues. But, of course, no New Year's game coming up for them. They're 9-1. and one. Coastal Carolina 10-0. and oh. I'll give you a, here's a trivia question. Today was Coastal Carolina's second biggest victory in their sports program. Oh, what do you easy. think was the biggest? Something in March Madness? College World Series. They won it like three years ago. Oh, that's who they did. We talked and they about beat that. Arizona. That's who oh, they beat by Arizona oh, I did not remember that. Because well, <laughs> we talked about it because the, the, the week that they went like 6-0 and or 5-0 and was the week Dustin Johnson won one of the – he won the Masters, oh, right? Oh, from Coastal. Who went to Coastal, yeah. Yes, yes, there you go. By the way, the Arizona Wildcats will be hosting Arizona State come Friday. Yeah. And Arizona Burr. State, with an 0-1 record, is playing right now on FS1. Yeah. And they just fumbled inside the five-yard line with that. a chance to tie. Yeah. So UCLA is still leading 17-10 at ASU, about four minutes to go in the third quarter. And there's a game on FS2 as well, under two minutes to go. It's going to be another win for Nevada. The Wolfpack going to be 6-1 and in the Mountain West. They're up 37-20 to over Fresno State. By the way, 17 17- 12 now of safety so 17 12 ucla you're talking yes, about yes, okay yes. all right and uh utah by the way at 0 and 2 this year they're up 23 10 against oregon state late in the third and meanwhile third quarter it's uh, wyoming still 13 10 leading at new mexico which is 0 and 5 in the mountain west those are the I four late games. football i wish that we joined the <laughs> Pac-12 and Big uh, 12 merge or something. I hate it. There's one more tomorrow night because, remember, USC didn't play last night. That was moved to a Sunday night FS1 game. Number 20 USC due to host Washington State. State, Remember, SC did not play last weekend against Colorado. That was canceled. Now Colorado's still undefeated at 4-0 after winning at Arizona today, (laughs) 24-13. Next Saturday, it's due to be USC at UCLA and then a conference title game after that. Uh, did you see the final score of the Arkansas game and how that went back and forth? The final was Missouri 50-48 to on a last-second oh. field goal. Arkansas had just scored before that. There were a total of 71 first downs in that game. 71 wow. first downs in 60 minutes. Texas won its game 69-31 today at Kansas State. Meanwhile, Texas Tech won 16-13 over Kansas, which is 0-9 on the season. We got to update the boxing on pay-per-view tonight. It was yes. a unanimous decision for the welterweight champion still, Errol Spence Jr. He's 27 and 0, beat former champ Danny Garcia, who's now 36 and 3, but he had started 33 and 0. So Garcia's record over the last 4 years now 3 and 3. In Arlington, Texas, the judges' decision again unanimous. It was 116-112, 116-112, and one judge 117-111 in favor of Spence who had a 14-month layoff, including a DWI car accident over a year ago, speeding in his sports car without a seatbelt, hospitalized, gets back into the ring. And a note from the NFL Network today that Panthers rookie safety Jeremy Chin was fined over $5,000 for dunking the football over the crossbar after one of his touchdowns last week. 
Yes, that is expensive. They did not grandfather him in after it was okay in the Tony Gonzalez days. Wow. I think it was 5600 they said, that the rookie got fined for dunking the football over the I crossbar. Love I love it. All right, thanks a lot to Sager. Uh, wow, this show is just absolutely flying by. Two hours are in the books. The power hours coming up next. Remember, Bernie Fratto is going to join us at 20 past the hour straight out of Vegas. We'll see what Vegas is saying about week 13 in the NFL. We'll go through week 13 in the NFL. Also, heading into week 13, I know this, you'll get our picks. All that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, good evening, everyone, as we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, and it's all brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Bernie Fratto will join us in about 20 minutes straight out of Vegas. What is Vegas saying about week 13? You'll have our picks coming up in about 45 minutes from now. Just real quick, Torres, um, Pac-12 wrapping up, UCLA 17-12 over the uh, Sun Devils right now, late in the third. Is the Pac-12 quickly becoming irrelevant? All I hear is, oh, we don't care about the Pac-12. It's so late. Um, I mean, look, the SEC obviously has got Alabama, Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas A&M, Auburn. They got the Blue Bloods out there. The Big Ten uh, has Ohio State. The ACC has Clemson. The Big 12 has Oklahoma uh, the Pac-12 has nobody, really. We used to have USC, UCLA, but they're not big names anymore. I'm just wondering, is the Pac-12 quickly becoming insignificant? I think it's a fair question, Arnie. And I think you, listen, this is, uh, there was a big conversation this week. Kirk Herbstreit was talking about the just how the playoff has kind of sucked the oxygen out of the rest of the sport in terms of all anybody cares about is the playoff. Well, they don't have a playoff contender, and, and, and let alone not having a playoff contender, they don't have a team that can compete for a championship a year in and year Oregon out. Oregon sometimes, but, you know, they're not doing it this year. They're not doing it this year, and so, you know, I, I think part of it is USC, right? I mean, the reason that the Big 12 feels down is Oklahoma has been good, but they're not great, and Texas is way down, but at least, as you said, yes. there's Oklahoma. The ACC, it was funny, uh, Nick, uh, our AP, and I were talking this morning I think, or this afternoon before we started the show, I think the best thing that happened in the ACC is you get Notre Dame in, you have legit competition for Clemson. And right. so you look at the Pac-12, there's not even one team, let alone two, uh, and, and I think it really does fall on USC because they're the program that should be at the top, that has the best opportunity to be at the top, and they're just not there right now. But even at that point, are people get, get excited about Washington, about Colorado, um, uh, about an Arizona State team if they were undefeated at the only really big name here is going to be the USC Trojans. Well, are you saying should would it matter if they're the other teams or yes, what? yeah, would it matter if it was if Colorado was ten and zero going into the fourteen playoff? Would people be excited about that? Hell no. Well. I think if they were a legitimate team that could legitimately compete for a title, because, you know, you look at at the SEC, right? Every year, Alabama's in the competition, but one year, LSU is their biggest competition. One year, it's Georgia. This year, it's Florida. Um, So I I think if there was a team that we felt like, okay, they can go compete, but you look at a Colorado, a USC, if USC finishes undefeated and they somehow were to get a fourth spot in the playoff, which I don't even think would happen, which, by the way, speaks to how bad the Pac-12 is, that an undefeated champion probably wouldn't get in. Um, But even if they get in, 
They'd get embarrassed, Arnie. I mean, they've played Alabama the last couple of years and been embarrassed. They've played Notre Dame. And I know there's been years where it's been competitive, but not this version of Notre Dame. And so to me, I do think it falls on USC because they have the opportunity. They have the best infrastructure to be great. But for whatever reason, well, I know what reason is. It's Clay Helton. It hasn't happened. And right now, I think the entire conference is suffering because of it. Now, I don't know if it's official, but the NHL has talked about having an all-Canadian division, so they're going to change around the divisions. The NFL changed around their divisions a long time ago. Um, Look what the NBA did. Oh, my goodness, we don't know about the conferences. We have playing games. I'm just wondering, when is college football going to do the same? I don't believe the Pac-12 will be the same Pac-12 as you see it now. I believe that they're going to merge with the Big 12 or something else is going to happen. No way they can continue um, the way they are right now. They've got to do something, and they've got to do it quick. Well, here's the problem with that. Um, you know, you, you talk about that as a possibility. It's like asking a, a guy or a girl out on a date. The other person has to say yes. Why would right. the Big 12 agree to that? Why would the Big 12 agree with them? Because they only have two teams. They've got Texas, Oklahoma. So there's going to be super conferences, I believe, sooner than later. And if that's true, you want to align yourself. There's only five power conferences. Somebody's going to be on the outside looking in, that's for sure. Yeah, I I, I don't. I mean, I don't, don't see, see why that. the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 makes the playoff almost every year. They won't this year, but they make it almost every year thanks to Oklahoma. I think what would, and especially, by the way, if Texas actually gets a coach that can actually turn that thing around, then you How are definitely. we going to wait for Texas to turn it around? Great oh, point. my goodness. It's a great point. No, I, I had hair last time they were good. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I wasn't even. I mean. <laughs> I think the first year I was out of college was the year that they beat out. They lost to Alabama in the championship game, so it's been a while. But no, it's it's a fair point, and like they shouldn't be this bad for this long. And like we can criticize USC and all that kind of stuff. USC won the Pac-12 like three years ago. Right. Um, they played in a Rose Bowl the year before. So even USC has had ebbs and flows. Um, Michigan won 10 games a couple times, whereas Texas, I mean, they had that one year where they made the Sugar Bowl, but even that year they lost four games. It wasn't as though they were some incredible juggernaut. I can't believe they've been this bad for this long, and it's something that I'm sure you and Chris Plank have talked about on Sunday, but the problem now for Texas is you look around your little area of the country, uh, Oklahoma is consistently good, Texas A&M is all of a sudden in this college football playoff conversation, all your peers are surpassing you, Texas fans can't be very happy right now. Paul Bills Mafia says, I don't get why the Pac-12 is so irrelevant. If I was 18 years old, I'd rather go to Seattle, L.A., Phoenix, than any SEC or Big Ten city. They should be killing it in recruiting. Well, what I would say to that is, here's the deal. If yeah. you're good, if you're a good enough player to go to the SEC or go to the Pac-12, the thing is, you're, you want to go to the place that's going to get you ready for the NFL. Bingo. Bingo. Yep. Yes. And right now, it's indisputable that if you have the choice to go to Bama, LSU, Clemson, I mean, listen, our buddy DJ there, DJ Uwe Lagangale, I don't know if that's exactly how you say it. He's from Southern California. And right, he said right. the last two quarterbacks at Clemson are Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence could be a number one overall pick. Deshaun Watson probably should have been the number one overall pick, if not number two behind Patrick Mahomes. He goes top 15 overall. Uh, uh, Bryce Young was committed to USC. He goes to Alabama because they have two going in the draft. And so 
these Southern California players are now going to Clemson, to LSU, to Alabama because of the fact that those are the schools that are putting guys in the NFL, making them money. And so, yeah, would I would I love to spend four years as an 18-year-old in L.A.? Yeah, but if I'm going to come out four years later, I'm not any better. While all my peers are going to the NFL, I'll go to Bama or LSU. By the way, last thing on this, I and I know it depends on the coach, but forget about that for a second. Uh, for, forget about an individual. What is a better coaching job? Um, or bigger coaching job, I guess I should ask, Texas or Michigan? I would say Texas. I mean, Michigan's a great whoa, job, whoa, but, but whoa, I always say whoa. Michigan, first of all. That's Michigan. That's the Wolverines. What I, are you talking about? I always say this, Arnie. It blows yeah. people's minds. Michigan has one split national championship yes. since 1948, okay? Bo though. I mean, come on now. He beat Ohio State. That's why we think of him as a legend. But <laughs> seriously, and, and yeah. you look at, I mean, you seriously think about that, Arnie. Um, USC has multiple national championships since Michigan won just the split national championship. Um, Miami has multiple national championships. Florida, Alabama, Texas won one in 2005. So to me, it's no doubt Texas, especially because, by the way, no th- doubt there's so many good high school. There's no players in Michigan, Arnie. Everyone's leaving. You got Bernie Fratto going to Vegas. You got Rob Parker coming to L.A. There's nobody left in Michigan. Last one out, turn off the lights. Well, that's surprising, which, which has always surprised me why Texas has not been better quicker because there's so many great high school athletes. Yep. Um, in the state of Texas, I I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I always said when Texas A&M went to the SEC, there was gonna, there was a new sheriff in town, and that's exactly what's going on, you know? Well, yeah, they're, they're in position now. I mean, they're 7-1. and one. They have two games left, uh, and they could do this. They, they could put themselves in where they would need some help. Somebody would have to lose. That's unexpected, probably Ohio State. But A&M could get there. But I'm with you, Arnie. I mean, the fact that Texas is just completely irrelevant – is really one of the mind-boggling things. And it's, by the way, it's not at a time when everybody else in the Big 12 is on an uptick outside of Oklahoma, who's been good. I know Iowa State has been fine, but Texas isn't recruiting against Iowa State for the same players. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse. It's it's a program that should always be good. It should always be relevant. It's going to be a fascinating few weeks, Arnie, because as we talked about to lead the show, people should go back and listen to the podcast Hour 1 if they missed it, is that if you can't get Urban Meyer, I'm not sure that you want to fire Tom Herman. And I know he's not the guy. I'm not saying Tom Herman is going to magically turn things around in year six next year, but if you fire Tom Herman and you're dragging your feet trying to find a coach, I don't know who you're going to get if it's not Urban Meyer. What was Tom Herman's best job, head coach at Texas or an intern at Fox Sports Radio? Was he an intern at Fox Sports Radio? Yes. Did I you know, didn't that? know that? Get out of here. I think I must have known that. You had to have known that. What I, do you mean you didn't know that? Of course he was. I um you know, Manny Diaz worked at the the yeah. Manny Diaz, who's the uh uh defensive was the defensive coordinator at Texas, right? Yeah, but he's the Miami head coach right. now. Yes, I know that, but I he, thought that's why you were bringing No, him no, up. no. He worked at another famous four letter sports network. Right. Well, coming out of college. When did Tom Herman work at Fox Sports Radio? How do I not know this? I, I can't believe you don't know that. Did you work with him? No, no, I didn't. I mean, if he I started, did, I'd make his life miserable, I promise you. He started his coaching <laughs> career at 23. How long did he work at Fox Sports Radio for? I don't know. That's what they said to me. Yeah. What are you calling BS on me now or what? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time you made something up uh, on air. No, Ben Maller told me that story. I he doesn't him. lie. What's wrong with you? I mean, you you did share a hot tub with him, so yeah, exactly. All right, uh, quickly, I want to get to some NFL. You know, I brought up Carson Wentz to you. 
Um, did you hear the big news? I, I sent you the story. <laughs> Carson Wentz jerseys now getting marked off, maybe as much as 80 to 90 percent. I'll wait till it's 99 percent off. Um, do they know something we don't know at that sporting goods store? Is Carson Wentz done after this year? Can't be. He's got too much money. Who? Nobody's going to touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. And two, would anybody really want him even if he wasn't making all that type of money? And three, is it time they put in Jalen? Or are we just always saying, uh, like we always say, that the backup quarterback is the most popular player? Maybe we're wrong on that one also. Well, when you say, does this uh, store know something somebody else doesn't, um, have you ever been to the grocery store, like in the back of the store, there's that weird aisle or like shelf where everything's marked down like 80%? Yes, yes. Love that place. Love that that yeah. section of the store. Yeah, it's because the cans are dented, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh that's Carson Wentz. I don't. I don't think the store knows anything we don't. But uh, who's coming in and buying a Carson Wentz jersey full price? I mean, you're basically saying I'm a mediocre human being and I support this other mediocre human being. Well, unless you think he'd go back to the way he was a couple of years ago, though. I mean, that's got to be a tough jersey to sell in Philly, by the way, right now. Um, no, I don't think he can. And I'm just curious to see what's next. And and listen, well, I'm I, asking you, what is next? Is is is, is Phil, he's got to stay in Philadelphia? They have no choice, right? They don't, and I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the answer. I, it would have been nice if we got more than that one weird play where he came in the other day. Yeah. Um, uh, be nice, yes. Yes, I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the answer. You know, we talked about it on last week's show. Uh, Doug Peterson is tied to the hip at Carson Wentz, and if he if he moves off Carson Wentz, then he basically admits I have failed as a coach. And oh, by the way, I made the wrong decision after that Super Bowl run to keep Carson Wentz instead of Nick Foles. Even though Nick Foles, it's not as though he's doing this incredible thing. So it feels to me as though Doug Peterson is tied at the hip with Carson. Why? Wentz. Why? Why? Whoa! Whoa! Why would he fail? Um, Miami went from Fitz to Tua, back to Fitz because of the injuries. Uh, the, the Chicago Flores. Bears went from Trubisky to floor uh, and to uh, Matt Nagy's about to get back. and Nagy's about to get fired. So, so I mean, you, you can't use bad examples. I mean, like like I mean, Doug Peterson. Right now, we're talking about a season where we're headed for uh, you know, he's they're three seven and one right now. He's probably headed for clearly. I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's been three years of clear regression since the Super Bowl win. Right. And I, I like I think he's tied to Carson Wentz. I think I, I think if he benches Carson Wentz, he admits that he has been unable to develop him. And if you're this, you know, offensive guru and you can't develop the number two overall pick in the draft who was playing like a uh, like an MVP candidate three years ago, then that's on you, isn't it, Arnie? Um. It, it's on you, but that doesn't mean you can't go ahead and make a change and and see what else uh, you have in in you know on the team. And that's what I would have done. Now you can't let the whole season slip through your fingers. You got to save the season, don't you? Real quick, I know we got to get to break. You think Doug Peterson's out after this year? No, I don't think so. I yeah. think with all the opening that's going to happen, I think they keep him. Matter of fact, if you want to get in, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinkin' Genius One. When we get back, we'll talk to Bernie Fratto. We'll ask him, is Michigan going to have an opening? We'll get you ready for week 13. We'll have Bernie's three best bets. All that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Arnie naughty for sure. Ah, you ruined the song. Let him finish. I was waiting to jump in. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is brought to you by Geico. Ah, you ruined the whole thing. I was trying to be like a disc jockey. Oh my! You don't know any 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 you know, musicians I, except for Kanye West. I used to be a, a country disc jockey. Hollywood Hayes, H double A double Z one E. You may have heard of me. What was that? Your PIN number for your Bank of America account? What was that? XQ exclamation point underscore? We'll, we'll talk. That's for another show. Another, let's get to our guest. Joining us now comes up at the top of the hour, straight out of Vegas. It's Bernie Fratto. How you doing, Bernie? You know, they say sports are the greatest reality show, and you can script everything but the ending. I've got unlimited texting, and I think I went over my texting amount in the last three hours just talking about this Michigan thing. You can't make this stuff up, I'll tell you. What the, Rob Parker now put out a tweet that he heard that uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh were going to come to an agreement on an extension. Uh, what do you hear? I find that hard to believe, but what are you hearing through your moles? Yeah, I checked that with my moles, and there's some merit to that. And I would, I would just say that I'm not really sure what has taken place in the last few days, but I, I do know this in that. Let's go back to 2007 when Lloyd Carr 
retired on November 19th. On December 7th, Greg Schiano turned down the Michigan job. Les Miles said he wouldn't talk to Michigan after their bowl game. And then they went through a series of names like Gary Pinkle and Paul Johnson from Georgia Tech and Jeff Tedford, Jim Grobe from Wake Forest, Tom O'Brien. I'm not saying all those guys were offered the job, not at all. But what I am saying is Michigan went through a period there where they found out that perhaps their little kingdom wasn't as much in demand as they thought. So they ended up hiring Rich Rod, and we all know what happened there. Mm -hmm. And then just three short years later, they were back in the market, and they offered a guy named James Joseph Harbaugh $5 million. He said, no, I'm going to stay in San Francisco. Well, Harbaugh is there now, and I think Michigan has tested the waters, and they're a very proud school. They're a very proud institution, and I'm not sure they feel that they – have a situation where they want to be turned down again and have this embarrassment. So I do know there have been conversations. I'm a little baffled, but if I trust my moles, and I do, and I have a couple of really good ones I spent a lot of time with earlier tonight, they're both telling me that <laughs> this is hard to believe. There may not be an Ohio State-Michigan game, and after the game's canceled, you may see Harbaugh get an extension. It would be a short extension. It would be incentive-laden. But stay tuned. This is a very fluid situation, and I'm telling you, you can't make this stuff up. Well, Byrne, and that was what I was going to ask you, is is that Arnie and I were just talking about it last segment. I don't know if you heard, but when, when I tell people that Michigan has one split national championship since 1948, people are baffled by that. Uh, I don't think this job – it's a great job, and there's so much positive about it. But it is not this juggernaut over the last 50 years that I think many people believe it to be. Um, and so because of that, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, what is your perspective on what the market actually is? Because it sounds like part of Harbaugh staying is just that maybe the names that you would hope would be interested simply aren't interested in this job. Well, I think that's a lot to do with it. And they also believe they have a very strong recruiting class coming in next year. And their first four games are Western Michigan, Washington, Northern Illinois, and Rutgers all at home. So, look, sometime after 1997, college went from college football went from being a regional sport to a national sport. Back before that, you win your conference, you beat your rival, you go to a nice bowl game, everything, everybody goes home happy. But when the BCS came along and big money TV emerged and all of a sudden you know you see what guys like Nick Saban have done and Urban Meyer and and Dabble Sweeney college football is now nationalized look there's plenty of talent in Southern California their top two quarterbacks went to Clemson and Alabama yeah. from St. John Bosco in modern day so you can't even recruit in your own backyard anymore but to your point Aaron yes I think the powers to be including Ward Manuel and Ward Manuel's the AD and what people don't know is blood is thicker than water they're Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh were actually teammates in Michigan. I think wow. Manuel was a freshman when Harbaugh was a senior. So I think they have sort of circled the wagons these last couple of weeks. And I think Michigan is in a no-win situation because there are lots of factions that don't want Harbaugh back. And Harbaugh still has some NFL cachet left, and he would get feelers from the Jets, the Bears, maybe the Texans. I think he would get an NFL job. But be that as it may – I was shocked when my moles, you know, really concurred with what Rob Parker uh, tweeted out tonight, and that is this is a fluid situation, and there are some conversations going on, and I was suspicion next Saturday night at this time we'll know whether or not, A, Michigan and Ohio State did in fact play. And by the way, if for whatever reason that game is not played, 
And depending on who why you wouldn't believe, it be? That's what I was going to ask you. Why wouldn't it be well, played? Well, I don't yeah. think Michigan wants to play him, and that, and it's and it and it would not necessarily be Jim Harbaugh's decision. I know I've been highly critical of Jim, but he's an extreme competitor. And if the decision were made not to play Ohio State, and they would fall back on COVID numbers, and because of privacy laws, I don't really know how you audit it. And a lot of this is speculative, so I'm not making any predictions. But I would say this: if they don't play, it wouldn't be Harbaugh's decision. It would be made up at the administrative level. And uh, we'll just have to see what happens. All right. Uh, you want to tell us, bet the numbers, not the teams. That was big last week. Absolutely, Arnie. There were three games where that came roaring through with flying colors. A lot of the Sharps loved Atlanta, plus the three. The, the squares like the Raiders because, look, the Raiders, they were the good-looking team. They'd been, they beat Kansas City almost twice. But they're giving up 390 yards, and you don't – if you're a pro better, you don't – take teams that give up 390 yards and lay points on the road. Then Monday night, you saw what happened with Seattle plus six and a half and Philly on the Hail Mary and the two-point conversion. You could have even had Seattle earlier in the week minus five and a half, but if you got them plus six or six and a half, you lost. You certainly didn't win. And then Wednesday with Baltimore, as we've all talked about, Arnie, I don't like laying double digits for any reason. Trace McSorley hits that long bomb when the game's basically decided and, and, and Baltimore hangs the number plus ten and a half. So it's just another, uh, you know, reason and, and, you know, series of evidentiary games there where you have a situation where if you play numbers, not teams over the long haul, you're going to win. So, Byrne, we're getting out to the uh, end of the season, and you talk about playing numbers, not teams, but I'm guessing there's probably some pretty good data on which coaches and teams specifically to, to kind of back. There are. As we get into the December, uh, we now have data on not only who teams have played, but if they've played teams with winning records. And interestingly enough, there's a handful of teams that have really done quite well against teams with winning records. And I'm talking about against the spread, not win-loss. Minnesota Vikings, 4-0 against the number, against teams with a winning record. Even Bill Belichick and the Pats, 4-2 and with teams with a winning record. The Steelers, 3-1. and the Buffalo Bills, 4-2. and two. Interestingly enough, Green Bay, they've only played two teams with a winning record, and they're 0-2 against the number against both of those teams. Wow. Houston, they've looked good the last couple of weeks, not so much against teams with a winning record. They're only 1-4 and four against the number. So you look to teams, and by the way, Bill Belichick tomorrow, 24-5 and five versus rookie quarterbacks, and he's facing one. And so as you get into December, you start to sort out Real data as to what's taking place this year, and the same good names show up over and over. Bernie, your three best bets. Who do you like tomorrow? Yeah, I like these actually quite a bit, and I've not been doing great. But the Jets plus nine over the Raiders. Again, we talked about this, Arnie. Uh, if you're still winless at this point in the season, you're covering 78% of the time. Meanwhile, the Raiders, no Josh Jacobs, no Cleveland Farrell, no, no Jonathan Abram, and they're traveling across country. And I'll tell you, I like the Jets. I think they're live to maybe win the game. It's certainly going to grab the nine. Yep. Wow. Tomorrow, I also like the 49ers plus two against Buffalo. Now, that game will be played in Arizona. Buffalo returns to the scene of the crime where they lost on the Hale-Murray a few weeks ago. The 49ers, coached by Shanahan, proved they are going to be competitive. They showed that against the Rams last week as an underdog. We liked them then, too. They're getting back Debo Samuel, Richard Sherman, Raheem Mostert. And this is a playoff game for the Niners tomorrow. If they get beat tomorrow, they probably don't have a path. I checked that. They're playing Monday. They probably don't have a path to get to the uh, playoffs. 
So I like the Niners. Max effort at home against Buffalo, who's traveling across country as well. Finally, I like Pittsburgh minus nine over Washington. I almost will never lay that many points, but I think the Steelers, they've proven they're for real. One of my good buddies, I won't mention his name, Rob Parker, he calls them frauds. <laughs> now, I don't get it because the Steelers are number one in sacks, they're number one in takeaways, and number one in points allowed defensively. And the last team to do that were the 1985 Chicago Bears. And I don't think they were frauds. By the way, the Steelers are 16-1 straight up and against the home, coming off a win, and they're facing a non-division opponent coming off consecutive wins. Washington's played well. Ron Rivera is my coach of the year. But I think Pittsburgh thumps them Monday, and I think they're going to – Washington will have a lot of trouble scoring. So Jets plus 9, Pittsburgh minus 9, 49ers plus 2. He's Bernie Fratto. Straight out of Vegas comes up at the top of the hour. Must listen to as he'll break down week 13. Bernie, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. We'll catch up with you later on. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Take Thank care, you, Bernie. Bernie Fratter, everybody. you got to tune in at the top of the hour. Let's see what's trending for a final time tonight with DeSager. What's going on out there, DeSager? While we're talking NFL, the Steelers did activate defensive end Stephon Tuitt. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger listed as questionable with a bad knee. Pittsburgh will host Washington Monday. That'll be on Fox TV for part of the country. Fox TV will have a national game on Tuesday as Baltimore hosts Dallas. Of course, that was pushed back. Quarterback Lamar Jackson is one of 10 Ravens still on the COVID list, but Baltimore activated running back Mark Ingram today and defensive lineman Calais Campbell. Off injured reserve for the Texans. They've activated running back David Johnson. Dolphins activated running back Miles Gaskin. Off the Eagles practice squad, elevated is running back Jordan Howard. The Patriots signed wide receiver Dante Moncrief. The Jets cut wide receiver Chris Hogan. Lions running back DeAndre Swift was downgraded to doubtful due to an illness. The Giants placed running back Devontae Freeman on the COVID list and the Vikings backup running back Alexander Madison is out after an appendectomy. We can update the late college football. There were four late games, now three still in progress. About three and a half minutes left on FS1. Arizona State has taken the lead 18-17 on UCLA. The Sun Devils did miss the two-point try, so it's just an 18-17 lead. The game on FS2 is over. Nevada now 6-1 in the Mountain West, beat Fresno State 37-26. Up next for the Wolfpack, a Friday night game at San Jose State, which is 5-0 in the Mountain West after winning a day game at Hawaii 35-24. In progress at Utah, and the Utes are 0-2 so far this season. Utah's ahead of Oregon State mid-fourth quarter, 30-17. New Mexico's 0-5 in the Mountain West, but now leading 17-16 over Wyoming with about five and a half minutes to go. The new South Carolina football coach is expected to be Oklahoma assistant Shane Beamer, according to Fox's Bruce Feldman. Beamer, a former assistant there at South Carolina about a decade ago. South Carolina just finished its season tonight at 2-8. and eight. A reminder, Sunday night on FS1, number 20 USC will be playing due to host Washington State. Today, Penn State won at Rutgers, each of those teams 2-5. and five. Nebraska won at Purdue, each of those teams 2-4. and four. Texas won its game 69-31 at Kansas State. And Missouri on a last-second field goal won 50-48 over Arkansas. As for the games in the top 25... Everyone in the top 10 that played won. That includes Alabama, 55-17 at LSU. And Florida won at uh, Tennessee. So it's Gators versus Bama in the SEC title game in a couple weeks. And as far as Alabama tonight, just in the first half, 
Receiver Devontae Smith had seven catches, 219 yards, and wow. three scores. Number two, Notre Dame won, as did number three, Clemson. They'll rematch in a couple weeks for the ACC title. The Notre Dame win was 45-21 over Syracuse, which finishes its season at 1-10. and Syracuse had four turnovers. Ohio State and Texas A&M each won. Iowa State and Oklahoma each won. They'll face each other in the Big 12 title game in a couple of weeks. You know, Iowa State's ranked ninth in the country, and they beat up West Virginia 42-6. The Cyclones lost their season opener. Since then, they're 8-1 in conference. That opening loss was to Louisiana, which is now ranked 25th yeah. in the country, and it was 31-14 for the visitors as well. Miami and Indiana got wins, and in the battle of 9-0 and teams at Coastal Carolina, the home team edged BYU 22-17. BYU was tackled at the one-yard line on the final play. TCU committed five turnovers and still upset 15th-ranked Oklahoma State 29-22. North Carolina and Iowa each won. Rice won in shutout fashion at number 21 Marshall. 20 to nothing as Marshall's quarterback threw five interceptions. That included a pick six. Marshall was 7-0, and but they had 10 drives today. Half of them were interceptions. Rice had been 1-2 and this year with six games postponed. They started last year 0-9. Year before, Rice had an 11-game losing streak. Year before that, a 10-game losing streak. Year before that, they started 1-8. and they face a ranked team on the road and win 20 to nothing, one of the shocker scores of the season. Stanford led at number 22-ranked Washington at halftime 24-3 to and held on 31-26 because Stanford ended the game with a 14-play drive. Washington just couldn't get the ball for about the yeah. last eight minutes. Cal, which was 0-3, upset number 23, Oregon, 21-17. Oregon with two fumbles in the fourth quarter. And number 24, Tulsa, won 19-6 at Navy. That game was 6-6 late third quarter. The big game for Tulsa next Saturday, hosting number 7-ranked Cincinnati. Each of those teams is 6-0 in the American Conference. That conference final is the next week. It'll be at the home stadium of the top seed college basketball number one gonzaga versus number two baylor was postponed kansas edged north dakota state and there was boxing on pay-per-view tonight welterweight champ errol spence jr is 27-0 winning a unanimous decision over former champ danny garcia updating the arizona state game ucla is driven down inside the five they have a second and goal coming up just over a minute to play asu in the lead 18-17 on fs1 back to you all right, thanks to Sager. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. 124 left in the game. ASU will use a timeout. I thought they may let UCLA score so they can do the old, okay, we get the ball back with a minute and a half, and now we got the score, but they'll go ahead and try to clamp down and see um, – if they'll just burn up their timeouts, hold UCLA to a field goal attempt and see what happens at that point, uh, uh, Torres. I'll say this, man. Um, we all kind of buried Chip Kelly these last few years, and like I think the results justify doing it. If they win this game, they're four, they're three and two. One of their losses was by a field goal at Oregon, and they basically played one bad game, which was the season opener, which in a COVID year, if we're going to make excuses for everybody else, uh, we got to make them for, for UCLA as well. So this would be basically the fifth straight pretty good game that they've played. Not saying we're there yet, right. but it seems as though it's finally heading in the right direction. I know he was, you know, more was expected quicker, but it seems like it's finally heading in the right direction. Well, a lot of people are bringing up what I just brought up on Twitter. Um, do you let them score? 
I don't think you do. It's an 18-17 game. Points have been a premium. I know it's on the three-yard line. I think they added first and goal on the five. So I want to say about the three, four-yard line. Uh, I'd let them to keep run plays, use up all my timeouts, and then uh, let them attempt the field goal, see if that goes through. Nothing is guaranteed in college when it comes to field goals. Without knowing their situation with their kicker, yeah, I, I probably would too. By the way, did you hear about the high school game last weekend? Uh, I think it was in Texas where a team was up by nine points with the ball on the other team's 20-yard line with 118 left in the game and still lost? I did. It was in Alabama. The game was played at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Oh, yeah, Alabama. Was that crazy or what? Insane. For people who didn't see what was it, it was a block punt return for a touchdown. With 18 seconds left. Yeah. Then an onside kick they recovered. Then a Hail Mary that um, they called pass interference. Another Hail Mary that they called pass interference. And then a 30-yard field goal to win it. Unbelievable. I guess there were extra plays in that one. Unbelievable. Um, It's almost mathematically impossible to do that. Almost. Yeah. I I would say it's pretty darn near impossible, yeah. Uh, Arizona State 18, UCLA 17. As I said, 124 left in the game. It's going to be second in goal for the Bruins. And I believe it's – I haven't seen it yet, but I believe it's going to go ahead and be – it's at the three-yard line. So, uh, yeah, Arizona State's not going to let them score. They're going to play defense, and I think they're going to call pass interference in the end zone. So now it's going to be first and goal from the one-yard line or, yeah. or two-yard line. So we'll see what happens It would be half the distance of the goal. Uh, by the way, UCLA quarterback just threw in a triple coverage. Now, he did throw it where only his receiver could get it. Um, I'm guessing that's not what Chip Kelly envisioned when he uh, drew up that play in the timeout. All right, a few things. Heading into Week 13, I know this. I know as I'm on the same page as Bernie Fratto. I think the Jets are going to upset the Raiders. They know it's their last chance to win a game. The Raiders looked awful last week. Now they got to fly all the way to the Meadowlands to play the Jets. I love the Jets in this game. Um, I'm going to take them also, and I think they pull off the upset. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Um, you know, the Raiders are coming off back-to-back losses, obviously a couple weeks ago at home against the Chiefs, and then that really, really, really bad game against the Falcons. I know it's the second straight week that they are driving – or <laughs> driving. It'd be funny if they drove. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Flying across country, but they need this win. They are still on the fringes of the playoff race. You lose this game, uh, you have zero chance of making the playoffs. Really quickly, I'll say this, uh, Bernie – Bernie, oh, what Arnie, am I doing? Yes. I, I guess I, I checked out for this last segment. But uh, heading into week 13, I know this. The Cleveland Browns are the most underappreciated team in football right now. Wow. Listen, I understand that Baker Mayfield isn't Patrick Mahomes. They're 8-3. and three. This was a team that, that went, what, 1-31 and 31 in back-to-back weeks? The worst 8-3 team ever, they say. <laughs> Who cares? They're 8-3. Yeah. and three. It's un- like, like, I get it. B- Baker Mayfield is not a number one overall pick caliber player, but it's like we got to give him credit for winning the games he's supposed to. All right. Uh, when we get back, we'll give you our picks. We'll let you know what happened in the UCLA game. All that's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. This segment brought to you by Geico. Right now, UCLA leads 25-18. Torres, did you see what happened? UCLA tried to stop at the one-yard line so they could kick a field goal and run the clock out, and Arizona State grabbed them and dragged them across the goal line for the touchdown. 
And uh, then UCLA got up, uh, got the two-point conversion. It was reversed. First yes. they said no good. It was good. And now it's 25-18 with about 30-something seconds left, 39 seconds left, and Arizona State driving. I did. It was very eventful. By the way, I want to give a quick shout-out. Uh, New Mexico just beat Wyoming, and maybe you think that doesn't matter. New Mexico had to leave the state of New Mexico because they would not allow them to practice. They've been living in Las Vegas for the past five or six weeks, just picked up their first win, so that's kind of a cool story. All right, good for them. Give us a little music. Put us in the mood. Let's get to some NFL picks. We'll start with the obvious. Like I told you, don't want the nine, don't need the nine. I'm taking the nine. Matter of fact, that line's dropping. Made to be down to seven and a half or eight. I love the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They know this is their last go-around. You're, ne- From the Look, you're never as bad as your last game. You're never as good as your last game. Vegas looked horrible their last game. I don't think they're going to play that much better. I think the Jets actually win the game. I might not even need the points in this one, Torres. See, I think you're out of your mind. I can see the scenario where you say, give me the seven and a half or eight, the Jets at home, uh, Raiders flying across country, second straight week. Okay, I can ride with that, Arnie. But to win outright is preposterous. Give me the Jets plus the points. Give me the Raiders to win straight up. I'm going to take my Miami Dolphins and lay a whole bunch. I'm laying the lumber ten and a half. I wish I could combine both quarterbacks, call him Fitz Tua or something like that. <laughs> out of your mind. Um, Tua's hurt. I think it's going to be Fitz. I'm okay with that. I think Miami plays a better game than they did last week against the Jets. Cincinnati doesn't scare me now that Burrow's out. Give me the Dolphins laying the 10 and a half at home. So I'm going to go a little bit off the board here. Minnesota is playing Jacksonville. Yes. Uh, I don't think people realize this. Minnesota is weirdly all of a sudden in the thick of the playoff race. They got to win. They need some help, obviously, over these final few weeks. But they are there. They are in the conversation. And if you want to make the playoffs, you got to win against Jacksonville. I think they do so convincingly. Give me Minnesota minus 10 against the Jags. The Chargers at home against the Patriots. Look, the Patriots offense is non-existent. They can't score to get out of their way. Their defense is average, maybe a little bit above average. Matter of fact, they won them the game against the Cardinals, so I shouldn't say that. But I don't think it's going to help them this time around. The game is like Chargers minus one. I'll lay the one. Give me the Chargers in this one. All right, so I know I just last segment spent all this time uh, uh, praising the Cleveland Browns, but I do not like them in the matchup against the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. I don't. Listen, I'll say this. I still think they're underappreciated 8-3, and three, but their last four wins have all been by a touchdown or less. Close games, sloppy games, bad competition. They're playing a good team that seems to be trending in the right direction on the road. Give me the Titans minus 5.5. Baltimore, talk about a team in a must-win situation. It's the Baltimore Ravens at 6-5. and five. They don't beat the Cowboys this weekend. They might not make the playoffs. Matter of fact, I'll say they don't make the playoffs. Cowboys have been playing better of late. Um, I guess you're going to give me 7.5. I'll take the 7.5. Give me the Cowboys plus the points in this one. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one. I will go to Green Bay, Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz, a never-ending topic on oh, this show. Yeah. With good reason. I mean, he stinks. And he's going to keep stinking tomorrow on his span here. Uh, Green Bay, the line has ballooned from six and a half to nine and a half. You can now get it for about eight, eight and a half. I just like Green Bay. I trust Aaron Rodgers. They're playing for playoff seeding. They're playing to, to you know, whatever. I just think it's uh, it, it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be embarrassing. I love the Packers in this one. 
right, there you go. There you have our picks. Two of them, as you're pleased, no longer strictly for entertainment purposes only. UCLA 25, Arizona State 18, Arizona State with a fourth and 19 and 20 seconds left in the game. So unless there's going to be a penalty that gives them an automatic first down, this will be the last play of the game. Not sure where the ball's at. So as soon as they let me know, I'll fill you in on that. Thanks to the guys tonight. Laker Don, always doing a good job. Eric Roberts, our producer. DeSager on the updates. Uh, And, of course, my partner, Aaron Torres. Uh, Coming up next, top of the hour, straight out of Vegas, Bernie Fratto. You're going to want to stick around for him. I'm back tomorrow with Chris Plank, 8P to 11P Pacific. That's 11P to 2A Eastern. So make sure you tune in. But coming up next, straight out of Vegas, our buddy Bernie breaks down week 13. You'll definitely want to hear it right here on Fox Sports Radio. Kobe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.